You're listening to the Destiny Show Podcast, part of the Robots Radio Network, live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Robots Radio presents... And welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and on today's episode, we welcome Ro Panagunti, and we are going to be talking to him about music and video games. And he is a super talented musician, producer, and YouTuber for the past five years. He is responsible for creating hundreds of incredible gaming soundtrack covers, including tunes from Persona 5, Fallout, Metroid Prime, Beat Saber, and Zelda, Breath of the Wild. And of course, Destiny. He actually did a cover for our theme song, Untold Legends, in awesome rock metal style. So you should all check that out. We're going to include that in the show notes down below. And also, we're going to chat with Ro about his musical journey, and we'll dive into the latest weekly update from Bungie, and we'll talk about the revelry that's coming next week on April 16th. You won't want to miss this episode of the Destiny Show podcast. So, of course, I want to welcome my co-host, Shadow Price. What's up? Hey, how's it going tonight? Oh, man, I am super excited because we have an incredible guest on the show today and Ro thank you so much for being here it's such an honor it is such an honor to have you on the podcast it's it's such an honor because your music is so powerful and so incredible you've made some of the most incredible covers that I've ever heard in my life. Listening to the Nickelodeon 90s cover medley, oh my god, it took me back. So incredible. Yeah. Some of these songs that you've done, that you've arranged, uh, are some of my favorite gaming songs of all time to some of my favorite gaming franchises so i'm really excited to have you here tonight for us to be able to talk with you about all your musical adventures yeah absolutely so let's get the show on the road with our discussion with the guardians and this week of course we welcome ro panagunti in and he is a seasoned pro when it comes to creating amazing video game covers that rock. He recorded and produced over a hundred amazing tracks and has released five cover albums on his own, including music from Zelda Breath of the Wild, Final Fantasy, and Killer Instinct. And welcome, and again, we'd love to ask you, how did you get started in music as a musician? Good question. All right. So um, music has been definitely like ingrained in my household growing up. Like my parents came from India and uh, British music was really big over there. So my dad used to listen to all sorts of like Pink Floyd, ABBA, Led Zeppelin, Beatles. And um, 
you know, around the house, my parents would basically be listening to all these kinds of classic rock and music all the time. So, you know, just before I think I was four or five, I definitely already had like so much music around me. And, um, you know, naturally I was listening to the radio at the time. So the radio when I was growing up was Sugar Ray, Red Hot Chili Peppers, No Doubt, and a lot of bands. So, you know, music and music performance was very uh, present. And I started on piano when I was five um, because my sister was playing piano and she got a lot of attention. So I ended up learning piano for a little bit and she quit. <laughs> but, um, you know, as I moved around a lot um, since my dad had a job kind of doing sales all over. So we didn't always have a piano and I kind of shifted. So uh, once we had the piano and um, I lived in Japan for a bit, we didn't want to get a uh, teacher or anything. So I just started learning music from games by ear. And I was kind of like playing the Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie music from then 64. And like eventually I kind of switched gears to trumpet for a little while and then I moved back. And, um, you know, my my sister was just like, you should play guitar. Guitar is cool. And I always was like kind of fascinated with it. But I didn't think I was like allowed to learn an instrument like that. I thought it would be like, uh, you know, my folks were a little strict. So. I ended up somehow getting a guitar. Right, right. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I was like, hey, I should learn all those songs I grew up hearing. So I got into all the classic rock stuff. And, you know, from there, Guitar Hero got big. And I started listening to music from that. And I got into heavy metal. And, you know, I started learning video game music once I saw YouTube. Um, I saw a few channels that were doing like video game versions and like movie versions. I actually started with movies um, and all of a sudden I was just like hooked with the idea of learning any kind of music. Even if I didn't like it, at least I could play it. So, you know, I just started getting addicted to it. And around college, I got into the modern progressive metal scene, you know, bands like Periphery, Animals as Leaders, Tesseract, uh, Meshuga. And so many like solo guitarists were out by then. So that pretty much brings me to now. (laughs) That's impressive. Like, that's so cool. I can relate to a lot of that because I grew up listening to a lot of that music, too, that you named off there. So, yeah, it's awesome. That's really great. And how did you get started with covering video game music and what inspired you to do that? So that one's a little trickier. Um, I remember one day I was just I used to watch YouTube cover channels a lot and I used to post these god awful like Metallica solo cover video where I would just put my camcorder, you know, on a desk or something and I would just like play the guitar with the my speakers loud and, you know, it just looked awful <laughs> and terrible. And uh, then I found out from like one or two people um oh, you can record, you know, your guitar into a computer and edit it and, like, actually make up your own drums and, you know, put together, like, an actual song. And it just blew my mind. So I started asking, like, a million questions, like, oh, how do I, you know, film the video and then line it up with the music? And, you know, what's the best program to do this and that? And all of a sudden, it was just, like, really, really addicting, So I I started like looking into, oh, I should make something to impress my friends. So I made like this Lord of the Rings medley 
And all of a sudden I was like, wait, I also like video games. What if I did like a video game thing? So the very first video game cover I did was Bob on Battlefield. Um, I think that's oh, nice. <laughs> March Mario 64, right? Mario Super Mario 64. And it was, um, I think 2011 or 2012, maybe 2011. So that long ago I started and God, it was like a terrible video, but it was so exciting, right? You know, like the first time you ever do something and finish it, you're yeah. so proud of it. And then I made a bunch of friends like through, through all these like bigger channels that were like hosting all these chat events. So then we started like, hey, we should collaborate. And, you know, from there, it's just like it, it got really addicting combining all these nostalgic or even new games um, and doing the soundtracks, but then adding like your own spin to it. And I always liked doing that, you know, coming up with my own original parts and then covering it. I never wanted to be the channel that just did exactly what the original version was. You know, because that felt a little boring to me. But, you know, from there, different and want to stand out. Exactly. And, you know, like you have your favorite kinds of music, right? I so. can kind of relate to that right now, because ever since I started podcasting, I just wanted to create something that my friends would enjoy listening to. And that would help make the Destiny community better. And right. once we actually started our podcast and we actually saw that people are actually listening to us and people actually are messaging us and then you start building relationships with other podcasters and before you know it i want to start another podcast another podcast and actually i just started our borderlands podcast last week and i'm so excited and Very cool. it's such a fun experience once you get started and you see that people react positively to what you put out you just want to create more content that you're proud of right exactly it's it's addicting. <laughs> That's very cool. And I know that you also recorded a really cool rendition of Untold Legends, which is actually our cover song. So how did that come to fruition? So this one's uh, kind of new, uh, maybe 2016, I think. And um, I started using a service called Patreon, to uh, gain extra support uh, for my channel. So in exchange for a few bucks or something, um, every time I upload a video, um, different patrons, as we call them, or fans, um, they get different rewards. So the person who requested this basically asked me to cover a song from Destiny. And, um, you know, I, I was kind of like, oh, this is a really popular, exciting game. I, I'd love to finally see what the music is like. So they won the request and I basically took a listen to the song and it sounded really, really exciting, like fanfare. And, um, you know, like as you listen to it, like the bum 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 ba da da da, you kind of get like these emotions. And of like excitement, yeah. energy, and I kind of like tried to mentally translate, okay, how would this work as a rock song? So, you know, you start taking yeah. what the trumpets play and make, you know, the guitars do that. And then you come up with some drums that have a little bit more of um, a traditional rock beat. Um, but it was hard because, again, sometimes you have to take the game away from the music. Um, and since I hadn't really, right. I've seen a lot of Destiny, and it looks awesome. 
Um, and I kind of get that like, you know, soldier music vibe and I, I've played the hell out of Halo. So, you know, from there, I just kind of mm-hmm. started translating, okay, this, this instrument should play this part, or maybe I should program, you know, orchestra for this. So, you know, I did the best I could to kind of piece together the original, but again, you, you have to make it a little bit different. So, you know, I added like little bits of guitar solos here and, um, mm. it's hard to tell there, but you know, I, I try to use some of my influences to my benefit, you know, uh, for songs like that, I use dream theater a lot because they work oh, with, yeah. um, Mike Courtney right. <laughs> for the drums and, <laughs> and um, you know, for a song like Untold Legends, it, there's a lot of orchestra and Dream Theater's used a lot of orchestra with songs like Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence um, and things like that. So that's pretty much how that one came together. And um, I was actually super, super surprised at the reception because um, I think I or someone posted it to the Destiny Reddit and they really liked it. And that was super exciting for me. Because, you know, again, I didn't I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, it's such a great rendition. Um, Thank you. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong. It's like when it goes, did it, did it, is that like staccato or is that something else? Um, is that, yeah, musically, whoa. you would call anything staccato if it's just a short kind of note. So, right. so those notes are staccato. Okay. And musically... I'm not a music theorist or anything like that. <laughs> like I, I know very basic music stuff when it comes to that. But I, I remember when I took my class, I was like, yeah, the short like stabs, like right. did it, did, 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 did. yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, that, that's really cool. There's a lot of like small um, techniques yeah. you can pick out of, um, you know, anyone's video game covers, which is kind of cool too. Because I don't have a formal music background. Um, I've pretty much picked up from. Uh, speaking, That's awesome. speaking to people, learning from like little lessons, or um, you know, just to record all the in- you recorded all the instruments. I play uh, almost every instrument, but the drums are usually programmed with software, and a lot of a lot of my instruments, like synthesizers, are programmed in. So I'll like play them on piano or keyboard, or I'll click them in. But I play guitar, I play bass, um, I'll play acoustic guitar. Um, I sing in quite a few of my covers now, or I'll do choir. Um, but actually, in the case yeah, of some, <laughs> I listened to your Beat Saber cover. That was really oh, cool. Oh, gee, that was <laughs> thank really you. Cool. That that was a tougher cover for me, honestly. Saber? Yeah, I'm. I've gotten really into VR, so um, I've I've had an Oculus Rift for like a year now, and uh, Beat Saber is definitely one of my favorite games. Yeah, I have not that I'm super good at it, but. <laughs> That's actually so my fun. favorite game in VR, and I've been trying to go through all of the DLC songs, and I'm getting getting them done on hard, but I'm starting to dip into Ooh. the expert <laughs> mode. It's such an awesome game, such a great party game, too. Whenever you bring friends over, everybody's oh, yes. all about Beat Saber. It's pretty much the new rock band. I think so. I really like the Overkill, the overkill song in there. Overkill. It's like really, really cool. See, I was hoping they would add more metal music to it personally, but I, I love Beat Saber because it's the one VR game anyone can figure out. And then it's just like from there, it's the new DDR to me. Um, 
Yeah. Because it's so simple that, to pick up. Oh, yeah, up. yeah. But then Absolutely. it's, it's, it's really the hard. new DDR, the new Guitar Hero. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, it's the killer app. Like, you, you don't app. feel motion sickness when you when you play Not it. Not at all. So, which is good. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably the best VR game for music that I've found, too. So I always wanted to cover a VR song as best as I could. Um, and that song was not in my singing range, but uh, I had a lot of fun with all the special effects. So you did a really awesome job of it. And uh, thanks. I enjoyed it a lot. It actually motivated me to go back and play some Beat Saber. So I played for quite a bit last night, actually. And oh, awesome. So much fun. Such a great, great game. Oh, definitely. So what challenges did you face when you first started out as a musician and a content creator on YouTube? Ooh, I will say most every challenge I had starting out is probably still here. Um, to begin, one of the challenges that maybe other people had was, you know, doing YouTube is a very like vulnerable kind of experience. Um, which is why if you guys dig deep enough, you'll see I used to go by like a silly screen name Swiggles um, just because I wasn't sure if like it was OK to use my full name or if my folks would care or whatever. And I, I like didn't allow myself to take everything seriously. I was too scared. Like if you give it your 100 percent, that means that people can criticize me 100 percent. So it was really scary. Um putting myself out there and the thing is it still is it's really scary whenever i post a video of me singing or running around a field or playing swords you know um but at the same time you know the excitement and the thrill and the amount of people who are like okay that was actually really cool i like this or how about we work together it kind of balances it out so that was definitely one big challenge um the other challenge, of course, is learning everything. You know, there's so many resources, but it's still really hard to play guitar. <laughs> you know, for the first part, the instrument is really hard. Um, and finding the sound you like, finding what sounds make me unique has been really hard. I think only Absolutely. last year. I think last year was one of my best years ever. And it was the first time I really felt like this is me. Nobody else can match me or like I'm unique. Not better or worse, but just like I, f I feel comfortable in my shoes on my channel. And that was, you know, yeah, absolutely. You're humble, but you know, you, you got this, you know, this is your, right. this is your pocket. This is your niche and everything. Exactly. So. And, you know, there's so many cool people making music um, within the game cover uh, community. You know, there's people making jazz arrangements like Insane in the Rain music. There's people who can make, you know, uh, black and death metal styles like Toxic X Eternity. And, you know, it's it's not like a competition, but you see these people so happy to be them. And that was a challenge for me that I right. think I've gotten over now. I'm happy to be the, you know, the road channel where weird videos come out, special effects come out, prog metal. Um, and right. And, and right. <laughs> some of those songs are not like easy, like to play. Oh, no. Like I can, I can, the, the arrangements are super like, um, uh, some of the, the, the beats or the tempo is like, you know, lots of beats per minute and things like that. And, oh, definitely. You know. So, I mean, like all these challenges do accumulate and they can be scary. And, um, now it's just like, 
What do I want to do? What are the steps to accomplish it? Who can help me? And how awesome will it be when I get done with it? <laughs> or when we get done with it, you know, in the case of collaborations. Um, but, you know, the the hardest thing, I think, is to grow. My channel is, in some measure, small, and in other measures, very big. Um, and I mean that from, like, a numerical point of view, but also from, like, an impact point of view. Um, so, you know, to, to grow, you have to cover popular things. You need to be attractive, not like physically, although I think I'm doing fine there, but like, um, you know, your channel has to look good. It has to be appealing within a few seconds. You have to play the YouTube game a little, and that's so hard for the me. The algorithm. Right. Mm -hmm. the, the holy algorithm, as we call it. Perfect and thumbnail. <laughs> Yeah, thumbnails are a science, and I, I've been trying hard to do the best I can, but at the same time, it's like, it always is going to be about how cool the video is and how good the music is for me. If I if I arrange something and I don't feel like ever playing it live, like on Twitch or on stage or something, then it, it wasn't worth it. Um, so, you know, you find a line. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with all of those, I would say those are the challenges that definitely like hit me the most. Yeah, I can definitely relate to the challenges of editing and learning how to put audio together. And I can only imagine how mm -hmm. much more complicated putting together video content could be. <laughs> and I can only imagine how difficult maneuvering the YouTube algorithm could be. And also we have new regulations like, um, yep. it's, uh, something proposition 13 or one of article 13 oh, totally and it's it's really mm -hmm. interesting how that will play into the future of content creators and how this will impact our industry as content creators and gamers and people who want to put our creative work out there right and you know you mentioned almost like the legal side which is an incredibly important part of the video game community and the video game music community, something that many people don't know enough about or, you know, it doesn't get talked enough about. And it's so important. Like all of the music I've made in the last three years, I always, I've taken like legal care of because, you know, they're cover music. You have to license it. You have to make sure the right people get paid and all that. <laughs> and do you think that YouTube has been friendly to the creative community to make I think the process the fact, easier? I think the from the point of view of technology, which, I mean, it's very easy to complain about a company. So I'll, I'll save that for the second part. But I think YouTube has made it perfectly easy for anyone to upload their video content so long as that content has been created somewhat fairly and share it with the world. But, you know, working with YouTube, you, you know, just like any company, there are rules and sometimes the rules seem stupid. <laughs> and that's one thing. As far as the music community goes, I think it's been easy enough to post original music and content, but, you know, there, there are improvements that they can make. You know, I know the gaming community is very different. The Let's Play community, you know, you guys probably know, like, people who upload gameplay videos and then get copyright claims and it's a whole mess but mm -hmm. 
um, I think there's like some fairness in place and some confusion and weirdness in other ways. So unfortunately, I only know <laughs> I only know that music videos so far seem somewhat, you know, easy. But that's a good question, and I don't really have a great answer yet. Um, I got to learn more about YouTube and the law. And how long have you been on YouTube, by the way? So. <laughs> In terms of like posting anything, I think it's been 10 years, if I'm being realistic here. Um, I posted like really, really crappy videos of me playing with my quote unquote band and, you know, like talent show videos since 2008 or 9. Uh, the video game stuff is what I like to measure. So I think October 4th, 2010. 10 is my Lord of the Rings medley. So it's been like eight and a half years of covering music. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> it's crazy. You would think I'd have gotten bored and stopped and, you know, gotten on with my life. But <laughs> and how often do you it, post new content? Every week. And I think there was one year where it was just twice a month. Okay. Um, so I would like to say like, let's say three covers a month average for the last eight years with maybe a few breaks. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody needs a break. And you know what? I'm hearing a common sentiment around the creator community <laughs> that a lot of creators are overworking themselves seven days a week to mm -hmm. make sure that their fans do not get disappointed because they don't have enough content out. And that's a pretty common thing, mm. especially in the video game space. Um, I've been seeing huh. a lot of posts on Twitter, especially by creators saying, hey, I can't do this for seven days a week. You've got to do it a little bit less. Now, seven days a week, um, is that like streamers or, you know, streamers. more like gameplay? Because yeah, game musicians YouTubers. can't make Streamers and YouTubers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Streaming is hard. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how we devour content now, mm -hmm. not just video games, but watching video games, YouTube, Twitch. Yeah you know, live streams, everything like that. It's, it's insane. <laughs> no, it's absolutely insane. And, um, we actually had this discussion exactly what you're talking about, but, um, in the context of music, um, you know, there was someone who was kind of like, we didn't really know their background, but they were talking about making music videos every day, just daily videos. And it was so absurd to all of us because most of us have a full-time job 40 hours a week. Um, you know, music is still our passion, but it's like our hobby. So there's no way we can make a video every single day of quality that people will actually watch and consume and, you know, help grow our channels. Um, even doing every week has not benefited me, I think, almost at all. I think it benefits me for the fun more than it does for, like, my channel growth. <laughs> so. Yeah, and you mentioned a lot of people don't realize that some content creators don't really do this full time and right, they do have right you know day jobs in order to support their passion mm -hmm. um <laughs> so i i i work as a i'm trying to think of the right word but basically i'm in it so this is not my job music's not my job um i work 40 hours a week just like many millions of americans um, I do work on music probably 15 to 20 hours a week. Um, I would say every cover I do takes like minimum 
10 to 20 hours of work, depending. Except for the last one I posted. That was done in a day. Wow, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> like, having, having a full-time 40-hour-a-week uh, job and then, you know, committed as you are to the music and everything, is, right. that's, I mean, <laughs> that's really cool. Think about it, like... You know, everyone wants to do everything, and there are so many amazing hobbies you can have now. You know, everyone wants to have it all, and for me, having it all means being able to, you know, chat with you guys and chat with friends and be part of the community, make my music, do my other hobbies, you know, sleep, <laughs> go to work, travel, mm -hmm. you know. It's, it's just uh, balancing it out and... You know, once you've done it eight years, you skip a lot of the steps. Um, like, you know, I'm not doubting every single decision I make when I write music or play guitar. I'm not I'm not worried about like, oh, no, how do I learn the song? I can learn songs faster now. Or, um, you know, I can ask for help now from other people, um, which is very, very fortunate. Um, but, you know, right. the music uh, sales and things like that, I put it back into uh artists who can help make album art or um i buy my friends lunch now and then they film me <laughs> and like small things like <laughs> that which i could never do when i started out but you know thanks to everything else that supported me i'm finally able to make bigger things hopefully and skip some of the boring steps yeah your music is absolutely incredible i mean and i'm <laughs> Honestly, Thank you. like more people should support your music and buy your album because you do really incredible work. And it would be so awesome if you can do this even more. No, it'd be it'd be great. I mean, right now, I think the best thing for me is not necessarily more time to do it, but just uh, when I get to make music videos and you know, music content and game content, the impact, I want it to be greater. And I want to be able to do cooler things with the same amount of time, if that makes sense. Because I, I probably wouldn't go full-time YouTube or music. That's not necessarily an ambition of mine. But being able to full, <laughs> in my life, constantly do this, you know, with this much time and stuff is, is so cool. That's really cool. And having been doing this for eight years geez that's a really long time were there any lessons that you learned that really stuck with you along the way that other content creators out there could learn from oh man um i think the biggest biggest one would probably be um ask for help i was i was pretty cocky growing up and like I didn't have a lot of people who would probably have given me the best help until recently. I've met some of my closest friends in the world thanks to video games and video game music. And, you know, feedback from them, positive feedback from people who, you know, care about you and want you to grow is so critical. Um, that and I think take yourself seriously. You know, don't picture yourself doing, you know, something for the rest of your life that when you could be doing something greater, you know, I started out making bedroom videos with like little webcams and stuff, but I would say to every single content creator out there, don't just picture yourself doing like the minimal effort, picture yourself at, you know, the stadiums, picture yourself making like full length movies, picture yourself having like humongous crowds and getting to do them awesome things. 
you know, because I feel like the bigger your ambition is, the farther you will go, no matter what. And I know so many people who are scared, like that they won't make it or won't be able to do big stuff. But you, you'd be surprised what you can do with, you know, eight years time or probably less. I've seen people, you know, surpass me in like one year in every every meaning. So. Yeah, you're you're really inspiring because your outlook is so awesome and your ambition and the fact that you, you, you have that mentality where you have to keep thinking forward, thinking about the next step. How can you make your content better? And that's such an important thing as a content creator. And that's something mm-hmm. that really stuck with me because most people won't know, but we actually recorded about 40 episodes before this podcast was even a real thing because wow editing is hard and i think we could have gotten better and we did over the course of the two years that we practiced and it's something that you always aspire to get that feedback and we would always just get on the phone and talk about the episode that we recorded and we critiqued right. and we always gave each other feedback but we always had that passion for destiny and to start a podcast and that's something that allowed us to really take this more seriously and put in more time into making this a thing that people can enjoy out there exactly no that's really cool too it's only going to get bigger <laughs> and of all the people in your life along your career who had the greatest impact on your career as a creator all right i'm gonna pick three (laughs) i'm gonna cheat and pick three um first i would probably say my dad um because my dad definitely influenced my music taste and just in general i think he's influenced a lot of like um appreciating like that I was practicing guitar and that I was playing. He always, he always treated me like I was some sort of superstar at it. Like I wasn't just another kid with a guitar, which is how I saw so many other people. Like they felt like they were just, you know, another guitarist. And my dad treated me like I was the next Van Halen. Um, and, (laughs) and I love that. And, you know, even now, now that I've graduated and, you know, I'm, I'm able to do music without, you know, it getting in the way of anything, you know, he's still a huge support that way. So I would say him for one, um, one of my best friends, Jonathan Parecki, he's another fantastic content creator, um, who focuses more on anime music, but he also has his roots in video games. Um, I think everyone needs, um, a or many, but, um, a really close friend who, you know, motivates you to get better, kind of like your rival in Pokemon or something. And, you know, Jonathan's always been mine. Um, and again, we like come from the heavy metal background, but we, we, we went different ways in a lot of manners of speaking, but, um, you know, he still motivates me in so many ways, you know, like if I do something crazy big, he'll end up doing something crazy big. Like he ended up hiring animators and making animated music videos. And I'm like, crap, well, I need to film in a graveyard or put a CGI dragon in my video, which will come out hopefully next week. Uh, but stuff like that. <laughs> and um, as a third, I would I would say Sebastian Wolf. 
Um, now, Sebastian's a friend of mine who founded a company called Materia Collective, and uh, I've known Sebastian for a while and kind of like watched him grow because he's been like um, helping people legally create albums, legally release real game soundtracks like the Undertale soundtrack, the Celeste soundtrack. Um, and basically, he's oh, nice. he's the reason why I think video game music is going to thrive in you know the 21st century. Um, he puts so much effort into making other people's music a reality, and he's the reason why I was able to release um, the Wild, the Breath of the Wild Zelda album, my uh, Temples, which is my full-length Ocarina of Time album. Um, he's always put a personal touch onto so many things of mine. So, you know. Sebastian's the man. <laughs> Would you say Materia? Are you referring mm-hmm. to the Final Fantasy VII Materia? So that's actually where the name comes from. Um, Materia Collective is basically an LLC. It's a company that started out as a Final Fantasy VII cover community. Like, we we made one album covering every single song. And Sebastian, the leader of the group, cool. was like, hey, we should do Final Fantasy VIII. And then he said, oh, we should do Ori in the Blind Forest. Oh, we should. And then, you know, we we kept going. Majora's Mask, um, you know, uh, everyone's gone to the Rapture. Even indie games got albums, Undertale, you know, everything. And then individual artists started publishing through them. So people like myself and Very my cool. peer, you know, we all use Material Collective to release albums and, you know, even physical CDs, which is it's so unreal to say like i have a cd that's actually got art on it and you know it's official music it's legal and it and the money goes to nintendo like the it's all kosher it's proper i think cds are still really awesome and i oh totally prefer having that physical cd that you can open up the wrapper and then there's art like this little booklet inside with art. Mm-hmm. There's something really special about that. Being able to go oh, definitely. to like Virgin Megastore and buy an album for the artist that you really want to support. And now everything's going digital, unfortunately. And in some right. ways it is a convenience, but um, mm-hmm. I've always been a big fan of physical copies of video games and music because yes, I think <laughs> it's just really special having that physical item. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's why I will buy every Tool album. Every album yep. Tool or Perfect Circle puts out, like, I will have a physical copy because I respect that. that. They are my favorite. I respect that a lot. <laughs> I actually picked up, a, I was in Japan for a few weeks for a vacation. I got the Persona 5 live album and uh, the Zelda, like, Breath of the Wild or something. Um, live series. Oh, the original soundtrack for. Not the full uh, one. The it was like a live Zelda performance. Oh, the live Zelda. Pro- yes, 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 yes. And I mean, Very CDs cool. are expensive in Japan, but I was like, I I have to get it because you know, like you guys said, there's something magical about having the artwork, the you know, the physical box there. It's just, it's a fan's dream. Yeah, and Nintendo goes all out with their soundtracks when they release them. They release a really nice package with a lot of yep. really cool stuff inside. 100%, yeah. Yeah. So are there any musicians who inspired your music and your creative work? 
So um, to go down like a fairly good list, um, Eddie Van Halen and Van Halen are my heroes. Um, I don't know how obvious it is in my musical playing, but, um, you know, Van Halen, Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, they'll, mm. you know, David Gilmore, yep. Pink Floyd. Um, and from there, of course, um, I would say like Rush, Dream Theater, Metallica, Iron Maiden, uh, Pantera, all those classics. I'm hugely oh influenced God. by them as a guitarist. And the modern bands, I would say Periphery is my favorite. But um, as far as like unconventional music, um, I love musicals. You know, I think a lot of that influences how I arrange music now. Um, things like Hamilton has such great motif uses. So I love things like that. Grease, Saturday Night, Fever. Um, I grew up with like disco and, you know, I love Michael Jackson. I love just all sorts of instrumental friendly music and movie soundtracks too. Um, you know, the Dark Knight series, of course, Lord of the Rings. I'm a humongous Star Wars fan, so... All of those soundtracks have bled into my life. Um, and uh, recently I've been doing a lot more uh, Indian music, which is a little bit more of my heritage. So, um, you know, the score of A.R. Rahman, um, he's done some very cool compositions that I really enjoy. Um, and I've been trying to integrate that with my metal music. Um, so, you know, I'd like to say it's all over, but... <laughs> Pretty much prog rock, prog metal, and soundtracks have... And, of course, video game music, you know. The Koji Kondo, Grant Kirkhope, um, and the Banjo-Kazooie rare music has been probably my favorite. Um, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool. That's, that's like... Some of those... The bands you named, they're some of my favorite bands, too, growing up and listening to that's a awesome. lot of that music as well. Yeah, and definitely some of my influences for sure mm. as well. Yeah, definitely that goes double for me. And actually, I don't know if you guys heard, but Tool is rumored to be recording an album currently. <laughs> they are, they are recording, and they it sh should while, be coming right? out hopefully this year. <laughs> yep, it should be coming out this year. So. They're they're mixing it now. I don't. They're in the mixing process. I don't right know now. too much Tool. I've listened to at least one album. I loved it. I feel like I should probably give a lot more of their music a listen. I think I heard Lateralis. Is that the name of the album? Yep, Lateralis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. Yep. I've definitely listened to that. That's that's Korn's favorite tool. Yes, actually, tool, yes. So. You're correct. <laughs> Shadow Price, what's your favorite mm -hmm. uh, album right now? My favorite tool album? Well, what are you, Let's probably what are you listening to right now? But yeah, that too. Oh, <laughs> that's very funny i i listen to the same music i've listened to for about 10 15 years i literally <laughs> I don't that. listen to the radio very much i have like 2000 or so songs that i have in my like playlist that i listen to you know over and over again basically um so and it's a lot of tool so yeah, i listen to like a lot of things from i'd say undertone anima album mm. and yeah lateralis those three albums of tool oh, good stuff that's really cool very awesome and so i have a question for uh Ro. Yes. of all the songs that you've recorded as covers do you have a favorite oh man <clears throat> I, I would give you the it's like choosing my favorite child 
but that's <laughs> it doesn't work with covers because there are covers I hate um, uh, shoot so um, one thing I'll mention is I play a lot of music on Twitch now um, like I'll perform guitar and play like over some backing tracks so using that I've been able to like play live because otherwise I've only gotten to play my music live like twice um, so I picked favorites from there and I think my Forest Temple cover from Zelda Ocarina of Time is up there um, I love my arrangement of Dearly Beloved from Kingdom Hearts that's a very fun one to play um, and I'm really proud of uh, um, so I have one Killer Instinct cover Jago's theme and it combines a lot of Indian instruments and vocals, and it's just like a powerhouse kind of song. So that's definitely up there, too. Um, so I would probably go with those. Now, a favorite video, um, I would say, is Shadow Temple um, from Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. It was from my album, but we basically, like, we, went, we basically spent 100 hours making this video. Um, wow. We came up with, like... Uh, we filmed the first part in a real graveyard. Um, if you've played Zelda Ocarina of Time, of course, there's Kakariko Graveyard, where this particular level is called the Shadow Temple. So the first part of the video was mm -hmm. in a real graveyard. Um, that is not too far away from me, but they were kind enough to let us film. Um, and then the second part of that video is in, like, a tunnel by my college. So we got to do, like, this, like, horror movie vibe. And my buddy dressed up like a giant skeletilla, or no, a Stalfos, <laughs> rather, like a skeleton like guy. And he had a sword, and he was chasing me. And um, I actually dropped and broke a cheap ocarina I had in the video because um, we were just trying to act as scared as possible. And then the video ended with me having a sword fight that we, like, practiced. And we used a drone to shoot some of it. And it was just, like, a phenomenal change of pace from anything I've ever done. Wow. Um, and I got to work with two uh, really cool friends of mine. So I think that, like, is a historic, like, favorite <laughs> video. That's, That's pretty awesome. epic. I'm going to wow. check that out <laughs> after the podcast. If you can shoot me a Same. link, that would be awesome because I will put that in the show notes as well. So our yeah, listeners absolutely. can also check that out. That's really cool. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> recording in a graveyard, my goodness, that's got to be challenging. So how many it, people <laughs> did you record with? How many people were so part of this project? So it's just me. <laughs> This was basically a three-man project. It was myself, um, and I did everything save for my other uh, two friends' roles. And then my friend Dennis, he's um, he's quite the videographer, but he's also into like, um, you know, like different kind of. I don't like the phrase extreme sports, but I guess that's what it is, like snowboarding and skateboarding. So he's a really cool dude, and he knows what he's talking about with cameras. So. Uh, he filmed and came up with like all sorts of cool shots to do. And um, basically he's never played the games. So he has like this very objective view. So I told him like, okay, the shadow temple is scary. Um, it takes place in a graveyard. And in the song, I actually had um, volunteers tell little stories about, uh, you know, loved ones who had died to kind of give like this emotional aspect. And I even shared one of my own, um, so we like tried to balance out the song that's not even like a really big musical song, right? You know, the Zelda dungeons don't really have famous songs, but I was like, 
you know, I want, <laughs> I want to do something crazy and cool that no one's ever done. And then my buddy, Matt, um, he's, he's done some covers too, but, um, he decided to play the skeleton. So, uh, he and I have a sword fight at the end and, uh, I use a famous Zelda item, the lens of truth at the end to, uh, prove that he'd never existed all along. So it was a Halloween video. <coughs> yeah, me. yeah, I just figure like, what should I be able to do after eight years? I shouldn't be making videos just in my bedroom playing guitar. I should do something that'll be unique. So, you know, I shot the Forest Temple video in a forest. Um, I shot, you know, a Chrono Trigger video about underwater by a lake. Um, the Shadow Temple was shot at a graveyard um, nearby. It was a historic graveyard, so it was public property. We made sure we weren't, like, filming headstones. We were really respectful and careful, of course. Um, I did, like, a Jurassic Park video in a dinosaur costume. You know, you have to do weird stuff. <laughs> so, you know, what can you do? Yes, to get the views, absolutely. To get the views, and, you know, at the end of the day, who's going to say that? You know, who's going to be able to say... They did these things and it just makes you feel proud. Um, or at least, you know, you have a hell of a ton of fun making it. Um, and, you know, that's that's what it's also about. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And uh, it sounds like it would be a lot of fun to do something like that. Now, how long did it take you guys to actually produce that video? So the planning sessions, we we definitely put in like a good 20 hours of like Google documents and like, OK, here's all the locations we could potentially fill that. And then we decide like it was like making a movie. So we had to pick locations near Raleigh. Um, and luckily, I'm in a pretty beautiful city. We have forests, we have fields, we have graveyards, apparently. Um, so we're just like, okay, this, this could work. This could work. Okay. How's the weather? And the weather in North Carolina is so screwy, you know, like every weekend it could rain, it could snow. So we're just trying to like find the best time to do everything. Um, <coughs> sorry, I'm actually recovering from a cold a little bit. Um, but then we put in like. We uh, we filmed everything in, I think, one day. So in the morning, we filmed at the graveyard. And at night, we filmed at the field for the sword fight. That's pretty awesome. Very cool. That's pretty epic. So this was like a like a combined uh, thought process between Definitely. you three, correct? Like, like a director whole, and, a, like... and, you know, the musician. And then I edited everything in like two, three days of binge editing and coloring and all that and the the song itself probably took like two to three weeks to write while making my album wow now are you referring to your zelda album yes um okay. it's called the temples music from um legend of zelda ocarina of time so that came out last summer so i put i've made a video for almost every single song that came out um on that and i tried to make them special because you know I love Zelda. It deserves That's awesome. really and where can we find videos. your Zelda album? You can get it on Bandcamp at, uh, you know, roponaganti.bandcamp.com, or you can get it on Spotify and listen for free, which is my preferred method. Um, I'm a huge Spotify 
person. You can get it on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, everywhere. Most, all of my music from 2016 onwards, you can get anywhere, stream anywhere, Apple Music, whichever. There's very few songs that don't make it. And we'll be posting some links in the show notes. So if you want to check that out and support his awesome music, well, we would love for you to support him. And you also recorded a Zelda Breath of the Wild album, didn't you? Yes. Um, it's like a little bit more of an EP, I guess, because it's only five tracks. But um, I made uh, The Wild in 2017. And... Um, <clears throat> what's kind of like ridiculous about this I made that album or that EP um, in 11 days and I started once the game came out um, maybe a little bit before um, this was one of those yeah <laughs> that's right because that game came out in 2017 yep. too in March yeah 2017 when the switch was released exactly so um, it lined up perfectly with my uh, spring break actually um, while I was in college so I stayed up late <clears throat> I got the switch with one of my best friends and I got brought to the wild and I'd already listened to some of the music and I found out that there was going to be a small CD, which um, to a musician like myself, that means you can cover it legally. Um, basically, anything that has a soundtrack that's been released in America on the CD is like eligible to be sold. So I was like, <clears throat> let's make an EP with all this free time. So I basically played that game for half the day and then half the day I would work on one of the songs and then I would sleep and then I would do it again. <laughs> and uh, this is one of those cases where, again, um, Materia Collective indulged me. Sebastian you know, was like, all right, let's do it. <clears throat> let's get the art done. Let's get the music done. And um, it was it was the probably most impactful moment of my YouTube career because overnight like so many people found that album um thanks to materia and nobody else had even like considered doing something like that so fast so it was just like incredibly exciting to me and um i don't know the music from breath of the wild is kind of interesting it's different yeah it's minimalistic it's right. very like you know calculated in a lot of ways it's uh mm -hmm. very like it you know it plays to the, basically the environment like you hear more environmental sounds and then you hear like little piano strokes right. like coming in, in not, the background it's not and things as, like that. Um, it's not traditional but at the same time i think it has a characteristic of its own and i didn't cover any of like that music exactly. you know a lot of people just easily say like oh breath of the world has the worst music it's all piano dudes and like literally I'm sitting here with five covers and they're all melodic songs. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, like, right. The Hinox has that music. first temple. Oh, yeah. The Hinoxian music, the first temple, um, the um, what is it? The uh, the, the the one I did, the, the, the elephant. Oh, yes, I can't yes. remember the exact um, name. Vito uh, Von Rude. Rudan, I can't yeah, remember the, the name. Ba, <laughs> the Runia guys. I mean, they all have really yeah. exciting scores, and there's actually one song I have not covered. Um, I was planning on collaborating with one of my close friends, but uh, timing hasn't aligned, so I might just do it myself first. Um, the, the Hyrule yeah. Castle, if you listen to the arrangement from Breath of the Wild, it combines, like, um, several Zelda songs, and it's so exciting right. and intense, like... 
Oh man, I can't believe Absolutely I haven't covered is. it. Yeah, that elephant one, like when those those big stroking deep piano sounds, like right. that is some really like out there music for Zelda, and I was like blown away by it when I heard Absolutely. it in the game. Like I was just like, wow, this is this is amazing. Like mm-hmm. they really stepped it up, and it's really cool that you were able to like do that because that game went on to get all the accolades accolades right. from twenty seventeen. Oh, I played that game, game of the year so much to all these publications. I think I have a hundred and thirty hours on it. <laughs> it's just like such a large and like exploratory game. And I couldn't do that album without uh, one of my friends, David Russell. Um, He plays piano in every single track that has piano. Um, He's one of those people that you could just be like, hey, could you do this? He'll he'll have it done in like 30 minutes perfectly. Um, And I mean, we work well together. I think I've collaborated with him 30 times now over the last eight years, maybe more. We just, you know, casually say, hey, could you put... He'll ask me, like, hey, could you put guitar on this quickly? And he'll send it over, and I'll just, like, improvise something and vice versa. Yeah, and you mentioned collaborating with people, and I think it's so important to collaborate Mm -hmm. with other talented creatives to work together to put out um, incredible content like you do. And uh, it's it's really cool to, to see that because the projects you've mentioned even on this podcast it's right. it's amazing how much collaboration it takes and how much uh, coordination you have to put into right. it. Right, and I think I even made a playlist once of every collaboration or guest part I've ever done, and <clears throat> it's probably in the hundreds now because it's just so addicting. And as someone who never had a band, like the idea of getting to play music with another human being is so like novel to me and so exciting especially because I find very few opportunities in real life to do it. So, you know. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. And it's amazing to see your drive (laughs) and everything to, like, push, you know, you're able to, like, create this amazing, like, music in in your style. And it's it's incredible. It's harder to collaborate when you do this kind of weird metal style or, like just anything you have to explain your process to someone else, but you also have to learn theirs. It's, it's, you know, like any team project, you have to give a little up and then you gain a lot in return. And it's really, really hard to like let go of some things, but the end result is so good. Like I love getting to collaborate or even in small amounts, like, Hey, do you want to have a small guest part? You can be yourself you know, 30 seconds or vice versa. Usually I try to work with people um, in that capacity just in case I'm not sure I can commit to a full project, you know, because and (laughs) I don't know how to say this in a in a humble way, but, you know, I do get asked to collaborate a lot more now than I did eight years ago, and I can't say yes to everybody, but I want to so badly because I want to meet and befriend and jam with so many people. Um, And the other way, too, like a lot of people want to work with great artists. But, um, you know, there's business reasons, too. You know, you want to work with artists that will help you grow. You know, people who are better than you in certain aspects or might be able to teach you something. And I have a lot of people like that on YouTube that I haven't worked with yet. So 
you know, you're always chasing something. <clears throat> There's so many amazing creators out there to collaborate with and uh there's so many up-and-coming creators as well so it's really right. awesome to see the industry evolve into what it has definitely so you've recorded an entire zelda album i i think that's pretty incredible and i'm curious to know what's the process like to record a cover album like Zelda Ocarina of Time. So <clears throat> what was special about the temples recording that album was something I dreamed of doing for four or five years. Um, I, once I found out like it's legally possible and, you know, someone has done a video game cover album before, you know, I told myself I'm not going to do this until I have the tools I need and more importantly, I have the skills where I'm happy with the way I mix music, the way I play guitar. So I spent four years working really hard on other covers. And I had like all these Ocarina of Time ideas <clears throat> because it's my favorite game of all time. Um, you know, in a way that like I, I'm willing to admit it's maybe not the best Zelda game of all time. But to me, it just has like incredible personal I think meeting. it is I mean I think it is too but um I think it's, it's an amazing game it, it has such a story like, too in so many ways right the music the you know the story is exciting even if it's simple the controls were easy to understand it's challenging especially when you're a kid the, but um <clears throat> the temples are the best too it's the right. best it's the best dungeon design of any of the Zelda I think games so. in my opinion and you know, that's what got me so excited. I was always constantly like, you know, I got to cover every single song ever and make the best album. But then I realized all of my favorite music albums, they tell a story. They start and they finish and they all glue the music together beautifully. Everything from like Kendrick Lamar's to Pimp a Butterfly to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon or The Wall. They all tell stories, right? So I decided, <clears throat> what if I told a story like of the game? but I only stuck to like one theme. So I was like, okay, let me cover all the temple themes. And it was like one ridiculous idea. And I had some really great supporting friends. Um, my friend Sanchez, who was like, Hey, you should cover the ice cavern theme. Hey, you should cover the forest temple. And there was already covers of the forest temple. So it was really scary. Like to try to make my version the best. So I ended up covering a lot of the songs on the album ahead of time and slowly like scheme together. How am I going to glue it together? And eventually <clears throat> I just took last summer. I was like, this has to be it. This has to be like my best album yet. And, um, I just like started writing riffs on guitar that like felt like the same emotions, even if they were original. And then I started like gluing in the actual temple of time theme so I would like write the original guitar parts and then kind of force the cover in there. And that way I felt it was a little more original. And I like put clocks at the beginning, you know, for Temple of Time. And I, oh, I yeah. put like fire yeah. sounds in between the Forest Temple and the Fire Temple. So I like made all these transitions. And that way you would be like, oh, this is the next song. It's it's like smooth. And it, it just makes the album to, to me feel like a real story, something that I would appreciate. And that's pretty much how I put it together. And because all of my favorite albums do that. 
And um, eventually, you know, I just put together, got the best guests and had my friend master it. And um, awesome. I got absurdly good album art from uh, my buddy Leo. Um, and he depicts my favorite temple, the Spirit Temple, which um, as a kid, as an Indian kid playing video games, you don't see a lot of Eastern culture growing up. So when I heard that music, I was like, this kind of reminds me of like the music my mom plays sometimes. And, you know, it just fascinated me. A desert with like a secret temple and like a giant, you know, goddess statue. It was it's the most metal thing possible. So that was the artwork <clears throat> hands down. And I, I'm so happy that like those, those talented people lent their skills to me to be on the album and you know, that album was so surprising to me, too. Like, it charted on Bandcamp, which is like, like, I didn't know I would ever be able to chart on Bandcamp for metal music. Like, it was ridiculous. I was, like, seeing my album in front of my heroes. Um, but I think it legitimized, you know, Zelda music that way. Yeah, that's that's so rewarding, I'm sure. <laughs> it like, really is. It's, to get that to get that payoff, you know, from from all your hard work and everything is from everyone's hard quite work. Remarkable. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it was pretty incredible. Yeah. And how long did it take for you to record that album? I think I like to say it was a four four year process, but in terms of putting everything together, I would say it was a four to five month album. And I'd like to say that's the longest album I've ever been like worked on because most of them take three months, um, like the Metroid one, and the Wild took 11 days, because I was crazy. But um, <laughs> I'm working on a Pokemon album right now, no way. and I think the total, the time it's been is about six months. That's awesome. I mean, hopefully you'll like it. It's from, um, it's just Red Blue, but um, because of My so many Pokemon other projects... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that is so good. I, ha- I have like seven or eight album uh, songs, and none of them have been released before. But um, I've had a lot of problems with like just getting the production where I wanted, and trying to figure out the best everything. And um, I don't know if it'll be done before the summer, but it's going to be called, I think, I... Metal Trainer. <laughs> And I think it'll be good. I really like the battle music in uh, Let's Go, which is like, you know, remake of like yellow, red and blue. That's my inspiration, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. Like, I I can't wait to hear that. If you've you've heard like the. the, uh, Yeah. Like I said, I got the switch uh, the day it came out, actually. So I I went through Let's Go in a week, maybe two weeks. I, I obsessed over it. I did the same exact thing. <laughs> so did Corn. Put in ninety hours into it. I caught all the Pokemon. Wow! And actually, I had a, wow. I had a birthday recently, and Shadow Price got me a really sick, uh, like special edition with the Pokeball. So now I have oh, both awesome. editions of the game, and I have the Mew. Oh man, I am so excited! <laughs> That's awesome. No, I mean I think Let's Go is fantastic, and it really re-inspired my like interest in Pokemon in general. Because it was so relaxing to play for me. Yeah. Are you excited about the Sword and Shield coming out? I think out I will this, be. Later this I'll, year? I'll probably buy Sword. Um, I always get the red one or the gold or whatever. 
Um, I think it has potential. Sword's just cooler, uh, too. <laughs> you can't opinion. stab someone with a shield. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I cannot wait for the new Pokemon game to come out. And it, it was so nostalgic to play Pokemon Let's Go. I exactly. loved every minute of it. I thought it was a little easy, but other than that, it was so right. incredible. And even the new mechanic of how you catch Pokemon, I think it I like worked it. really well. It felt mm. like the Pokemon game that's reimagined for the modern era so exactly there was no there was no grinding there was no tediousness it was just about loving the game that's pretty awesome hey we'll have to exchange <clears throat> friend codes because we love we love playing our nintendo switch and the switch Definitely. is my favorite console of all time Mm-hmm. So I've I've loved so many awesome games from Splatoon to Mario Kart to Zelda Breath of the Wild to Mario Odyssey. There's so many incredible Odyssey's games that great. I've yet to play as well and that are coming out <clears throat> this year as well. So I'm super excited. Oh, totally. Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yes, it, it's coming, but it's going to take longer because Retro's yeah. doing it now. Yeah. They handed it back to Retro Studios. So So, have you recorded an album? What's What tools do you use when you record? Ooh. And I know this is a so, question that Shadow Price was <clears throat> interested in. Oh, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you what I have now in 2019 for audio um guitars i think my most commonly used guitars right now is um and i don't i don't know uh if i can really link this company because they're going through some changes but i use a custom seven string from canada called a uh, dalbello so this one was designed 100 percent for me um it's a beautiful beautiful build by a friend of mine ash um, and it has, you know, the pickups I like. It's seven strings. Um, I've used it for most every single thing I've done this year and most of last year. Um, and I have a Fender Strat, uh, Mexican Strat, and I use that for most of my other songs. But <laughs> I have like 11 guitars, so I won't, <laughs> I'll spare you the list. Um, those are the ones that get the most action. Um, I love Ibanez to death, so I use their, um, guitars for most of my music i use a dingwall five string bass it's bright yellow it's the nolly get good signature he's the bassist for periphery it's a fantastic bass um i own a digital piano and a small midi keyboard i own um an indian instrument called a sitar and tablas which sitars yep. Yep, would... um tabla the drum yep Right? Tablas are basically Indian yep. bongos. Um, so I've been teaching myself. Yep, Danny bass. Carey from Tool plays tablas. Oh, sick. <laughs> that, that would actually make a lot of sense. Um, I have a Taylor guitar given, or rather sold to me by my dear friend Tara. Um, and I have a lot of like little trinkets, doodads, ocarinas, automatones, um, things that get used once in a while like that. Um, I record all of my guitars cool. and basses through my AxeFX uh, 2XL. It's a digital amp processor. It is the best thing I've ever heard or played, and I will never, ever replace it unless it breaks. Knock on wood. I use a... It's called AxeFX? Um, the the AxeFX. Um, it's by Fractal. The AxeFX. So it's a very popularly used... Fractal design? Yeah. They they created it, it for... Like, a lot of bands use it, like, Animals as Leaders, Periphery, but now, like, Metallica use it on okay. tour. It's probably the most popular digital modeler besides um, Line 6s, 
but um I have a line six. Yeah. I, I I played with a line six actually. Right now, <laughs> right now I think those two are the best companies. But um, for my taste, the Axe FX is pretty much the best. Um, and it's I have to look into it's that. expensive, but once you buy it, you never buy another anything. Um, what about your rig? Uh, what you got for a rig? Well, so that's basically all I use for the tones and everything. But that gets recorded into a Focusrite um, Scarlett six i six. So this is what I can use to record like my microphones and my Axe effects and everything. Um, for microphones, I use a Shure SM7B for vocals and, you know, this interview. <laughs> um, and I also have an Audio-Technica 2020. And all that goes into my computer, which I just built a new one. So I, I'm in love with my new computer. It is custom and beautiful. Um, and I use Kako's Reaper software to record all of my music. Um, and then for video, it's... <laughs> video stuff, it's simpler. I use a Sony A7 III camera. It's a uh, mirrorless full frame. So I shoot 4K out of that with um, either a 50 millimeter or a wide lens. And I just edit everything in Adobe Premiere. And uh, for special effects, I've been using After Effects, which I am starting to love also. Nice. Uh, what amps do you do? You have like any amps like that you you know use and things like that yeah. when you do, do any of your recordings? <laughs> so the Fractal Axe Effects is basically it's it's like a preamp and a processor. So it simulates okay. all of the amps I could ever ever want or use so i have like a boss katana for like small live gigs but the axe effects mm -hmm. is 100 percent of what you've heard on the channel for the last three years um it's it's just oh, okay phenomenal quality for me um if you've heard of the line six helix or um pods or any of those i have a pod, pod yeah i have a pod this yeah. is basically like yeah. a 2015 16 rack version of that kind of thing so you plug it in you're done um, okay. I love software That's... amps. I think they're fantastic. They're affordable and they're really good. But something about this Axe FX is just super realistic and super cool. Um, so I, I've just been using that. Um, I also have a precision drive pedal. That's the one pedal I own. And um, it has a noise gate, a compressor, and, and a distortion drive. Um, and it's it's just like nice, yeah. <laughs> super genty, super tight. So I love it. Yeah, I got the pod, and I use my floor pedal with the, with the pod. It's the same setup. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna upgrade. I'm looking to upgrade at some point. I would definitely I say might, if you like, like Line Six, check out the Helix. Um, a lot of my buddies are using it, and they all seem to be really, really happy with it. Um, I've played through it once live. The one live show I got to do in Canada, where I played some game music, um, my buddy Little V Mills lent it to me, um, and everything sounded so good. Um, you know, digital amps. That's cool. They're, they're sounding good now. Yeah, I want to eventually get a diesel amp because, cool. like, I'm I I just love Tool and they use diesel. Diesels and are so good. So does Metallica. Current Metallica. Um, I just love the sound that comes out of the the diesel amps. They're good and they're and things like that. Yeah, they definitely are. They got the good low end yes. and everything too <laughs> from them. Nothing. I mean, real amps are still super, super cool to me. Um, you know, just being a single guy in a one bedroom, I don't feel like I quite qualify to have a real amp. 
especially when I'm using the axe effects, but they're they're so cool. Yeah, I play through my Fender. My buddy has a Fender 65. Oh, sick. Um, pretty much a full tube amp. Yeah. Um, every time I go over to practice, I play through that with my Line 6. That's a sick setup. But yeah. <laughs> it's what I've done for about five, six years now mm -hmm. and everything. Because I used to have a Randall half stack before that. Sick. But I really like playing through the Fender. Yeah. Because it gives a nice, nice tone to it. Mm -hmm. I, I trust Fender with my, like the amps I use in the Axe Effects are pretty much Fender amps for clean or uh, Friedman, if you've heard of that company, uh, Friedman amps for my metal tones, my Genty yeah. stuff. Friedman. Um, yep. And then sometimes I'll use like very cool the fractal built-in ones because they've designed some pretty cool amps. But you know, I like so many styles of music. I have to have a lot of tones for them. You know, when I cover jazz or blues, it's <laughs> got to do now, a new tone. You mentioned that uh, you mm -hmm. just built a new computer. What kind of computer did you build? So um, the specs I've got um, were almost entirely based around video editing. So I got an i7-9700K. I think that's clocked at 3.6 with a turbo up to like 4.6 gigahertz. So that's that's hurting me, like how good it is. I used to use an AMD that was very slow. Um, I have two separate terabyte SSDs for my music and my videos um, and like my samples. And then I have a M2, 256 gigabytes for my OS and like basic apps. Um, I've got a 1070 graphics card cause you know, video games, um, and video editing. And, um, I've got 32 gigs of Ram, which I used to think that's a stupid amount of Ram. And then I started using after effects and now it makes sense. How much Ram did you say? 32 you gigs. That's awesome because I, I just found a deal for me and Cornholio today. Uh, we got uh, 16 gigs of RAM to it make us go up to 32 gigs. Got that 16 gigs of RAM for $45. That's a good deal. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. Yeah, for modern, thank you, Shadow Price, for that know, production. Deal. <laughs> and thank you, Mario 64. <laughs> Shout out. Shout That's out to Mario awesome. 64. Oh, for real. So, bro, I got to ask you, what's your favorite video hmm. game soundtrack of all time? I think the timelessness of Ocarina of Time is going to have to be there. But, you know, I can I can feel all of my other favorite soundtracks like staring at me, all crying. Um, Earthbound <laughs> is up there. I think Earthbound is incredibly underrated still. Um, and I would be doing a disservice if I didn't mention like Elder Scrolls Oblivion. That's probably my favorite modern soundtrack. Um, so, I mean, all of those have impacted me greatly and, you know, millions come to mind, but, <laughs> you know, that's awesome. Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I, that, I will cover that's every really song cool. of Ocarina of Time before I die. I will make that vow. You you can't go wrong with that soundtrack can't. at all. Man, that's, that's at least like for, for you and me and all the Ocarina of Time diehards, like, you know, it, it's just timeless. Yeah. Pun intended. Yeah, mine's Final Fantasy VII, Ooh. just because I love Nobu Amatsu. Beautiful um, soundtrack. His music is is also timeless. You know, I'll tell you, I haven't is... beaten that game yet. <laughs> I haven't either. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I've always gotten to the end. Wow. And I and I forget to, and I just don't beat it because I get distracted and I play other okay, games you got and stuff. Than I did. But I am making a... 
I'm making a vow that I am definitely going to beat that game this year for sure. I will, I will, I will try to get further because I'm not even past disc one. I'm at like Cosmo Canyon or something. Yeah, it's a very there's a lot of grind in that game, but it's the grind is worth it when you get the gold chocobos, when right. you get all the powerful summons material I'll play it on Switch. and everything. It's it's just such a great story. I, so I'll fun. I'll pick it up on Switch and I feel like the portability will help yes. me beat it. Yes, yeah. pick it up on Switch. I think I might do the same. I, I, I don't care that I have six other copies of I the game. I bought it six times the before. Final Fantasy VII pick though. Uh, everything from One Winged Angel, the opening the the underground it's like pizza something uh i forgot the name of the song the floating pizza, the floating pizza. yeah the, the, music the floating so pizza yeah incredible yep. and like i didn't even play it the temple <laughs> I knew uh, half the song the temple of the ancients the temple of the ancients tune too as well um, i love that one i think for the temple of the ancients and, uh, ahead on our way um you guys may not know um if you don't know the band periphery but the guitarist uh, misha mansour he made game covers that have been heavily inspiring to me. And they're almost all Final Fantasy VII. Wow. <laughs> and they're like, awesome. they're like band quality, like millions of times better than what I've done. So, yeah, I mean, awesome. Final Fantasy VII, metal now, soundtrack. Would you say Final Fantasy VII is your favorite game of all time? No, so, <laughs> um, I would say for playing, <sighs> I guess I would give it up to Ocarina of Time for favorite game of all time um it's still it's still so hard to pick just one but that game has had an influence over me like no other i would probably say like pokemon gold silver might be like next because of how much time i've put into it um and breath of the wild definitely gets up there because of how impactful yeah the whole experience is Link. go ahead i'm no, sorry no, yeah <laughs> Link definitely has like a rite of passage in um, Ocarina of Time too. Just right. playing as a kid, and then you know, when you get you know further in the game, and you become a you know a adult adult Link, and you know it's like it's really cool. It's almost like symbolic. Like you grew up as a kid playing it, so you're like child Link. Then you grow up old, and then you're like an adult Link, and the world is gone. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I always liked about that game, and it's just you know. It, you could tell by the the people who rated it. It's like the highest rated video game of all time, right? Oh, definitely. You know, basically, so I, I think it holds up. It absolutely holds up. For My sure. kids are gonna have to play definitely. it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And my favorite game of all time is spoiler alert, Destiny. But um, nice. <laughs> just because I've put in so much time into it, I think between me and Shadow Price, we put in at least 5,000 hours into it combined. Holy crap. Probably close to like a 10,000. incredible. So we've dedicated a lot of time into this game. But Zelda is an incredible franchise that I love. For me, it's a very, very close second. And I loved Zelda Breath of the Wild. It was one of the most okay. immersive games that I've ever played. And totally. I can't stop listening to your music. I'm not going to lie. That soundtrack is so <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And so what games are you currently playing and what games are you excited about that are coming out this year? Ooh, so I will say I'm I'm a bit of a bad gamer in that 
I both I take a long time to play games and I prioritize making music a little bit more than game time. So um, I've been working on Persona 5 since like October. <laughs> I'm still I'm very close to the end. I, I, I think that's a top 10 game of all time for me. I love Persona 5, but it is a chore to play. Um, yeah, it's going to be announced for Switch probably on the 25th. It'll be announced for April. Switch like when I'm... <laughs> I haven't even beaten the game on my PlayStation. <laughs> it's killing me. Um, but I'm working on That's that. That's a perfect Switch game, though. It would be. In my I think, opinion. I think you could play it day by day. Um, I find the save system to be just a little too sparse for me as a bad gamer. Because I die and I just like want to quit because I've lost so much hours, so... It, it takes a lot out of me to like have a session, but once I get going, I love it. Um, so I'm playing Persona Five um, casually. I love playing Overwatch casual. It's a game I can go back to comfortably. I don't have a fear in the world. I'm pretty good at it. I don't play competitive. Um, and I, like I said, I went to Japan, so I bought a bunch of Japanese Nintendo sixty four games um, to practice my Japanese and you know get games that I never had growing up. So yesterday I started Donkey Kong uh, 64 and um, I've never like properly played it before, just like a couple times. So <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying that one. Um, as far as 2019 hype, um, I can't say there's one game that's like making me crazy right now. It's just, you know, something's going to come out. I'm going to check it out. I might love it. Um, if if this game comes out in 2019, I'd love to see Metroid Prime 4. I wouldn't mind checking out Animal Crossing for Switch. Um, you know, I'm still waiting to hear back about Elder Scrolls 6 and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah I, I can't I can't say like one game is making me lose my mind. So I, I feel excited for E3 because someone's going to announce something that's going to make me like lose my mind, you know? Yeah, um, I, I bet we'll see a lot oh, more Pokemon. That's Master Chief Collection for PC, for Steam. Ooh. I am hyped as hell for that because I don't have an Xbox and I miss Master Chief and I want to play Halo 1, 2, 3 online again. I'm so I'm so, so hyped for yeah. Halo Reach to be remastered and to come to PC because Halo Reach. Oh yes, one I've of never my played favorite Reach. games. Oh, it's such an awesome game. Being able to play firefights with your friends again. How firefights, awesome yes. would that be? I think I played it once when it came out, and that was it. Um, so I would love to experience that. I can only imagine how much fun it must have been. And of course, you know, Halo One, Two multiplayer, like pistols only. You know, Halo 3 playing with the Warthog on like co-op. Shoddy Snipes. Shoddy Snipes. And Halo 3. Uh, I'm forgetting the maps and stuff, but like, what was it? Coagulation, just capture the flag and stuff like that. That was, that was like really, really re good old days for me. Yeah, I remember Valhalla, Valhalla. Last Resort. That's the one. Yeah. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. And like so many custom modes within that, I feel like. It got daunting for me with seeing Halo 4's Forge mode. Like, I didn't, I didn't feel as inspired to, like, make crappy game modes and levels because there was so many options. But, oh, man, I've, I probably clocked in yeah. a good, like, 500 hours of Halo 3 or something. Oh, I, I put in close to that myself, between 500 and 1,000 hours. Because, yeah. yeah, Halo 3 was the game I played before, like... 
I played any of the Call of Duties or Destiny true, or anything true. like that. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> It's 2019, yeah, it's, it's going to be an exciting year for gaming, and I also am very excited for E3, um, where we just got Borderlands 3 that got announced. Yes, Halo I Master heard. Chief Collection coming out, Mario Maker 2, Pokemon. Yes. Uh, what else is coming out from Nintendo? Um, Hopefully, Virtual Animal Console. Animal Crossing, SNES. Luigi's Mansion 3. <laughs> I really want Fire Emblem yeah, Three Houses, Smash update, Astral Chain, Smash uh, DLC updates. Yep. Joker from Smash is coming this month. He'll be released That's this really month. exciting as well. So, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to as a gamer. A lot to look forward to. A lot, for sure. Uh, what do you do when you're not making music or gaming? Ooh, so I'm not a man of too many hobbies, I guess. So besides working, um, I really love to cook. Um, I started getting into cooking around late college because I was tired of eating crappy college food. Um, so I got good reason. I, I basically like picked up a little bit of my mom's cooking. She likes to cook all over the world. Um, and, uh, you know, my hero is Gordon Ramsay. So I've watched all of his, you know, YouTube videos. I've watched quite a few of his series. I've read his autobiography. I've like studied a lot of his recipes and I'm no like master chef, but I, I absolutely love cooking. Um, so once I, once I like move to a bigger place and have like a kitchen, I'm going to be like doing way more cooking streams or videos or something. Um, that's probably my biggest hobby. I can totally relate to that. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's such a fun, healthy, sensible thing to know how to do. And then from there, you can just have so much fun with it, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can make some awesome masterpieces and creations right um right now like my my favorite things are like i can make pretty good steaks uh chicken wings i do like thai curries pretty well um what else uh nice. i've learned i've been working on like making semi-authentic ramen noodles Ooh. actually we love Same. ramen yeah it's me too i can't do tonkatsu broth yet because i need to learn how to make the bone broth and you know cook it for 24 hours but it's such a good meal yeah i haven't gotten to that yet but i mean i i buy the i buy it in the in the container 32 ounce container the ramen and everything and i've been just mm -hmm. you know getting the noodles on the side and just throwing a whole bunch of stuff in it yep. like cilantro and uh green onions yes. scallions i will say ginger chicken broth is not too hard to make and miso broth so i've done those and uh you can cook your own pork belly if that's something you're into um you can just get pork belly off of like whole foods or wherever and just you just cover right. it in soy sauce sake and stuff cook it low and slow four hours slice it up it's insanely good um of course i can't i'll have to remember that of course after my trip nice. all ramen i make will never compare so you know there's that <laughs> um besides that like my hobbies i guess have grown into videography you know not just music videos but I like doing vlogs um, and like kind of filming other stuff. And obviously I kind of like making movies. So whenever I get to like um, if I get like a sponsorship or um, I have to do some sort of goofy commercial, like buy my CDs, I always make my CD commercials like a little goofy and have fun with it. So I kind of like acting in that way. Um, and I mean, I watch a crap ton of TV and movies, so it all meshes together, doesn't it? 
That's cool, yeah, because, like, you know, video games have taken over as the most popular form of entertainment, oh, pretty yeah. much. So the way video games mesh with music and movies and everything now is just is, is fascinating. Oh, yeah. Everyone's hobbies kind of beautifully bleed together that way. Like, um, you know, I'm a huge Marvel fan now, and um, I've been, you know, reading comics for a few years, and obviously I'm a huge Marvel movie fan, and... You know, now that I'm into videography, I bought like a Infinity Gauntlet off of eBay and I'm like trying to come up with some crazy video ideas here <laughs> and like, you know, all the hobbies mesh together. You know, you do a, a Avengers theme cool. cover, you come up with like video effects because you like the videography, you like the movies and comics. It, it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> that's that's really cool. Yeah. And last question of the night that I want to ask you. Yes. What musical projects can we expect from you in the future? All right. Um, obviously, weekly videos, but I think the three coolest things I could tell you is Game of Thrones cover with a dragon, um, Avengers cover <laughs> with a, a working Infinity Gauntlet, and hopefully I will snap some people, and um, full-length <laughs> prog metal Pokemon album coming soon dot 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 <laughs> that sounds so exciting i'm really wow. excited about that pokemon Hopefully. album oh man i am a huge pokemon fan and pokemon red and blue those are my favorite pokemon games so as soon as that's Absolutely. out i will definitely have to pick that up so definitely keep us what's your favorite uh <laughs> what's your favorite pokemon song from red and blue if you had to pick hmm. that's a tough one because I, I only have eight songs, but hopefully one of them is uh, a favorite. Like I said, I like the battle theme. Battle theme. Like, battle theme's the, in there. Um, yeah, the battle theme uh, gets gets my vote. I, I, I think that's awesome. I think that could be awesome rendition by you. Um, nice prog metal. Oh, definitely. With the, with the battle I've theme. got uh, one of the battle, the trainer battle theme, the gym battle. So both of those are pretty. Oh yeah. And uh, Lavender Town, which is where I use the H string, so that's gonna be, that's gonna be an interesting one. Hopefully. Oh nice. That's a really good one too. Yeah, Very I would say cool. the battle theme for me as well. I think that is probably Definitely. my favorite one. And oh man, I mean I'm they so used excited. them in the show. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. So Ro, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and thank you for taking the time to talk about what you do and sharing your passion for your music and video games and it was so awesome to get a chance to talk to you and get a chance to know you and to share what you do with our awesome destiny community so thank you so much for being on here with us tonight we are so so grateful for your time Thank you. Really appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, this was really that cool. goes double for me. Before we let you go, I do have a couple things. Uh, first, yes. is there anything else that you want to share with our Destiny community? Um, if you guys like, you know, video game music, movie music, done metal, prog metal, jazzy, whatever, um, you can check me out at youtube.com slash c slash Um 
And of course, if you want to hear my music, I'm on Spotify. You can give me a follow there. iTunes, Apple Music, all the stores. <laughs> and of course, you can follow me on Twitter where I'm most active and I usually post updates on my music and a lot of memes and weird photoshops. And I'm also Roponiganti over there. And uh, if you make cool stuff and like video games or want to hear me cover stuff, just tweet at me or email me at my name at gmail.com. And I'd love to, you know, get to do more Destiny if, you know, if more Destiny fans like it and have, you know, theme songs in mind or whatever, that would be super cool. And you know what? I know that Shadow Price is a pretty talented musician, and I, for one, would love to see the two of you guys collaborate on something Destiny. That would be really, really awesome. That would probably be the best way to do it. Have an actual Destiny fan help. Yeah, I, that would be amazing. I, that would be a dream come true, actually. There you go. That would well, be incredible. We're going to have to make that happen, and uh, we'll definitely have to connect you guys to see what awesome Destiny content you guys can create, and I'll be looking out for that and your upcoming Pokemon album, and we will be posting all of your social links and where you can find all of your awesome albums in the show notes for this episode on www.destinyshow.com and Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? You can find me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79 and when I stream you could uh, give me a follow over there at twitch.tv forward slash I'm ShadowPrice. Awesome. And you can find me on the Twitter at OMGCornholio I'm about to hit a thousand followers and i'm freaking out so thank you for Very that cool. i appreciate all of your support the destiny community is absolutely incredible and i am so appreciative for all of our listeners and for supporting us and what we do and you can find our podcast on all major platforms from apple podcasts google's podcast spotify stitcher anchor podbean and the list goes on. You can find me at OMG Cornholio, and you can also find our podcast on Twitter at The Destiny Show. Thank you very much for tuning in for another awesome episode of The Destiny Show podcast. And thank you so much to our guest for joining us on the show. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's been our pleasure. And cut. We did it. Cool. Okay, so the Jehovah's Witnesses were over at my house earlier today, right as we began recording the podcast. And it's funny because it just so happens that one of them plays Destiny because I was like, I can't really talk with you guys right now. I have to go and record a podcast. And he's like, well, what's your podcast about? And I'm like, well, Destiny. He's like, oh, shit. Did I he actually Destiny. say shit? <laughs> he didn't say oh, okay. shit. No, that was me. I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> That's great. I love editing. Oh, man. But uh, so that was kind of funny. I wanted to share that before we dive into the conversation. And we're going to talk about the revelry that is coming next week on Tuesday, and it appears that I was incorrect about this season being all about Arc Week. I think I misspoke, and 
I spoke too soon. It looks like we're going to get the revelry, and that was revealed earlier this week, just a couple days ago. Right, Shadow? Yes. And there was a video that was revealed that was about 38 seconds in length, and it showed off what the revelry was. And it looks like the video started out with saying, Welcome to the revelry, my friends. And it's going to be featured by the great Eva Levante again. Yeah, <clears throat> she's uh, usually comes in in the events that are more lighthearted and happy. So this makes sense for her to host it. She's just like your grandma. She's just your sweet grandma bringing cookies over. Yeah. She's great. She brought cookies last time, didn't she, during the winter event? Yeah, the holiday oven. We used the holiday oven to bake cookies and whatnot. Man, this is making me hungry. I think I want some cookies now. So when is this event going to be available, Shadow Price? Looks like from April 16th to May 6th, three weeks. Very cool. And it's going to be available for all Destiny 2 players. So if you have Forsaken and you get the Revelry, and if you just have Destiny 2, guess what? You get the Revelry too. So all Destiny 2 players will have a chance to experience this event that's coming next week. And with it, we will get a new activity called the Verdant Forest. Isn't that right, Shadow Price? Yeah, they're going to take the haunt, which was the Haunted Forest, which, you know, was originally the... Uh, what was the name of that forest originally? The Haunted Forest. Right, but what was it the what was it during the Curse of Osiris? I can't even Let's take a look. I can't even remember the name of the actual the forest. Like it's it's like it's like jogging my I can't think of it. It's it's funny. The Wow. <laughs> the Infinite Forest. The Infinite Forest. That's not so infinite actually <laughs> that we found out. But it's nice that they're taking... No, it's it's actually called The Haunted Forest. Well, yeah, no, the, it was originally called The Infinite Forest during Curse of Osiris, though. But they've used it now. This will be their second, the third time they've used it. The second event that they used it for. Because, yeah, The Haunted Forest when it came back. And now The Verdant Forest. So it's nice that they're reusing it. And from the looks of it, it looks pretty cool. Like, lots of very colorful animations and it's pretty awesome looking yeah i was always a fan of the forest activity whether it was the infinite forest or the haunted forest and now we're going to get the verdant forest which will be themed around springtime and it will have this really colorful palette and springtime feel to it with flowers and very pastel looking yeah yeah, and it, it looks pretty cool, actually. I'm pretty excited to play it and to see what they did with the maps and see how they made them different. And it almost feels like a board-based activity with this new Verdant Forest. And with 
this new activity, we will also get new armor and new special rewards. Isn't that right, Shadow Price? Yep. Also some new ornaments, uh, which will be a form of like antlers and horns. And the golf club emote, which is Happy Gilmore, basically. It's Happy Gilmore, Adam Sandler, like taking the club and beating it into the ground after he takes a swing. I love it. I want that emote. Absolutely. And then the new dance emote as well. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It sounds like they put a lot of effort into this activity and we're getting a pretty nice balance of new rewards that are coming with this new activity. So I'm really excited to play the Verdant Forest and also to acquire the new drops that are coming with this new activity. And in addition to that, during the revelry post that Bungie posted a couple days ago. They did also mention revelry quests and bounties that will be available, so that's pretty cool as well. I'm really interested to see what this quest gives us as a reward, and I'm curious to see what the bounties will have us do. Yeah. Yeah, from the looks of it, it looks like you're going to be able to get an exotic after uh, doing the bounties and things like that you know running through all the all the activities in the in do you the think, quest do you think this quest line will reward us the alberest yep the it's, it's going to yeah they've confirmed that basically oh okay perfect awesome. that's how you're going to be able to get the arbalist mm-hmm. and that's a pretty unique weapon also isn't it shadow price yeah it's a first it's a destiny first it's one of its kind first in its class it's a railgun so that's pretty cool reminds me of like Metal Gear because that's when I associate railguns with Metal Gear so <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool yeah and Arbalest exotic uh, kinetic fusion rifle it will also have a very unique ability to it it will do extra damage against enemies with shields. And Bungie has hyped up that weapon quite a bit. In fact, during the weekly update, let me find what they say about it. Well, we're going to get to it during the next segment. We're going to talk more about the Arbalest and what it is capable of. But it's looking like it's going to be a pretty powerful weapon especially in pve yeah be able to take uh, right shoot through right through enemy shields and everything so that's that's really cool because those failing shields can be super annoying like and just you know when they have certain burns on them and if that weapon can take the shield off instantly that's awesome oh i agree 100 percent. i i'm really excited to get this new exotic and I'm really curious what this quest line will have us do because the Whisper mission was really awesome. The Thunderlord quest was really fun as well. So I'm really curious to see what we end up having to do to get this exotic. And that will be cool. Do you have any thoughts on what you think we'll have to do? Do you think we're going to get a new mission, maybe? Um, it's going to be tied into the activities of the forest, I believe. You're going to have to do so many bow- bounties of the different, like, you know, get so many of these kills, probably. 
get kills while having like the certain buffs on things like that they hey maybe they might even make you go do the raid possibly too that would be pretty cool because i will admittedly say that i have not played the the scourge of the past raid nearly as much as i would like to have and i am looking forward to playing it really soon maybe this weekend we'll get a team together and go through that but I think that it would be really cool for them to give raids a greater purpose, and especially with a quest line that gives you a pinnacle exotic weapon in the game. I think that's that would be a really smart move on their part to make that part of the quest line. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we also know that Evil Levante will be the person we speak with when we go into the tower when the revelry hits on or comes to destiny 2 on tuesday april 16th yep and we also know that the event will celebrate the joy of spring so we will have a new spring like field to the tower so the tower will be decorated in its usual special event faction yeah they, they've upped this one though this this one looks pretty pretty substantial as far as the 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 arrangements and the decorations go they've definitely put more into this one i feel like yeah no absolutely they definitely did and the tower will get a facelift with colorful arrangements new activities and new rewards to claim. And here's something that is really exciting for me. This event will span across the entire solar system. And it will offer ways for your character to feel more powerful in every way and in every activity in Destiny 2 has to offer, including the Verdant Forest. Yeah, that's really cool that they're put in in all the activities even crucible as well like it's it's gonna create some really interesting builds uh, how people are going to when they acquire the armor how they're going to spec out their character oh definitely and in the update that they released they even mentioned that people should be careful about playing crucible against these powered up characters who have been playing this activity and leveling up their their character and their armor. Yeah, because they'll be able to get more grenades quicker. Um, they'll be able to get their what their uh, their melee back quicker and their other class ability, from what I understand. Yeah, and let's talk about that. It's it's the Reveler's Tonic, and it it's granted by Evil Avante upon entering the tower. You will fill your tonic with Reveler's Essence by killing bosses in the Verdant Forest or from completing other activities. So it looks like more than the Verdant Forest will give you the ability to acquire this essence but you will have a higher rate of acquiring them in the Verdant Forest specifically. So if you're a Crucible player, you can play that and still acquire 
your reveler's essence in order to fill your reveler's tonic, which is essentially like a container that holds the essence on your character. Yeah. And they're also going to introduce three different tonics that will either reduce your grenades, it will reduce your melee cooldown, or it will reduce the class ability cooldown on your character. So you can customize your build to how you play as a guardian. Right, right. And I, I just want to give a quick description of the Verdant Forest, too, for our listeners. Um, it's going to be the memories, basically, of the haunted forests that are bloomed to fit the season. We, so they've completely redone the forest to be spring-like, basically. There's going to be new twists to fight through. And the objective is going to be simple, to clear as many rooms as possible. And the more waves cleared means more time to defeat the five final bosses that will be in the activity. It will be match made, or you can go in solo if you prefer. And again, the, we, we discussed the discussed the Reveler's Tonic that is going to be some of the uh, yeah. materials that you'll be able to get to power up your armor and your, your class abilities. Before we dive more into this Reveler's Tonic, and, and dive into that. Let's share our thoughts on this new activity with the Verdant, Verdant Forest. What are your thoughts, Shadow Price? <clears throat> yeah, it sounds, it sounds cool. Like, I'm interested to try it out. I think it will be hopefully as good, if not better, than what the Haunted Forest was. Because I feel like they've they're doing enough to the location to separate it from the other activity. And they're going to put like, they put a new twist on it, obviously with these um, reveler tonic revelers tonics, and it's going to change the way you play. It's going to make you more powerful in certain ways and things like that. And, you know, there's the armor to chase and obviously the, the exotic weapon to the arborist. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested in checking it all out. Yeah, I think that this could be very exciting and it could give Destiny... Yes. <laughs> Dakota came in, so I had to <laughs> go and take care of that. Everybody wants to be part of the podcast, even the dogs. Yeah. Every single episode, it does not fail. They love the show. They're big fans. So, hey... If you have a dog, and if you like dogs, you should, you know, like and subscribe. The Destiny Show Podcast. Nah, Thank you. Nine out of ten dogs that's, agree. That's my, that's my cheap pop for the show. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so my thoughts on the Verdant Forest. I really enjoy this activity from what I've seen. I think it's going to be really fun. It looks like we're going to have three waves of bosses, so I'm very curious to see if these are going to be new bosses and what new mechanics these bosses might have, because I think that might give the game a new layer of strategy and purpose that will make the game a lot more fun during this event. So I think there's a lot of potential here. It looks like they're going to appeal to the people who want to play more of a horde mode activity 
So I think that's going to speak to to the Guardians who care more about that. Also, we're going to get more for the PvE players out there because I feel like if you think about it, the the Gambit Prime activity is more of a fusion, so not all players who maybe don't like PvP at all would enjoy that. And there are some people that I've talked to who aren't really huge fans of either Gambit or Gambit Prime just because of that PvP aspect in the game. And that's totally fine. So I think this gives people an activity they can play together besides playing the, um, what is that activity? Uh, The Reckoning? The Reckoning, thank you. So... It's going to give us a new thing to do in uh, PvE. I'm curious to see if there's anything that will be coming with this new activity for PvP as well, because PvP needs a little bit more love, especially these days. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how that gets addressed next week, or maybe it won't this time around. Maybe we'll have to wait until Penumbra. next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the PvP definitely needs a bone thrown to them for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm excited to play this activity. It's going to be really cool to see what they did with the new spring theme. And I'm curious to see if there will be some new bosses that we get to fight. If we do, that will be pretty cool. And to see what drops they offer, that will be awesome as well. So. Let's talk a little bit more about the abilities and how they come into play with this new Verdant Forest activity and the revelry that will be coming on April 16th. With the new uh, revelry, we will have three different tonics that we'll be able to acquire, which will either reduce the cooldown of your grenades your melee abilities, or your class abilities, so that you can customize your guardians to how you like to play. And also, we will have a chance to acquire some new armor called the Vernal Growth Armor. And when this armor is equipped, you will have a chance to acquire a more potent ability with the tonic that you collect from playing all of the activities across the Destiny 2 universe. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And then, let's see, it looks like the powerful effect that you acquire from this armor being equipped, and the more armor pieces you have equipped, the more powerful this ability will be with the more tonic that you collect from all of the different uh, bosses that you beat in the Verdant Forest or playing through other activities in the game that were not yet disclosed. Uh, but they did mention revelers will be more dangerous in the Crucible. So I'm curious to see if that will also apply to competitive Crucible as well. Do you think it will be, Shadow? Um... Yeah, I'm 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 wondering that too. I th- I think it probably will. It if it if it doesn't upset the balance of competitive. But hey, I mean, 
that would be something that'll spice it up a little bit. You know, you give somebody in there with a, a full set, all like geared up and ready to kick some ass. So that'd be pretty cool. Oh, I agree. I agree. It, this definitely puts a very unique spin to the gameplay that they haven't yet introduced in the game before. So I'm really curious to see how this all comes together and how it changes our gameplay with the revelry. And another really interesting thing with this new activity is that orbs will have a chance to, to generate by precision kills across all activities, but will have the highest chance to drop in the verdant forest. But that's also interesting. Yeah, more orbs, more supers. So that's going to feed right into each other as far as the uh, super game goes in your abilities. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So I really like that aspect of the revelry as well. And let's talk about some rewards, shall we? We shall. What are we going to get with this new revelry? Update? Looks like some of the rewards would be a new inaugural revel armor set will be some of the rewards you get. <clears throat> You'll be able to earn pieces by defeating bosses in the Verdant Forest. And the more bosses defeated means the higher drop rate of those pieces. Uh, Evil Levante will have five weekly bounties that reward inaugural revelry armor as powerful drops. And each piece you have equipped will boost the effect of your reveler's tonic. So when you, you'll get to turn in Reveler's Essence in exchange for packages with world drops, enhancement cores, and ornaments for the inaugural Reverly helmet. So it looks like you're going to, the, the, the tonic is going to basically, you know, feed into the armor. It's going to work cohesively with the armor to power it up. Huh. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's almost like what was That's what game cool. was? Is Witcher? Well, it was Witcher two? I really haven't had a chance to play much of Witcher three, but you would take these potions, this tonic, and it would make you like stronger in like some areas and things like that in the game. From what I remember playing of it, it looks like they're kind of RPG more RPG elements mm -hmm. to the game too. So they're starting to really build on that RPG element the, with destiny and i'm really interested to see how they flush out their rpg aspect more in upcoming releases like with destiny 3 yeah yeah that's what we heard that our destiny 3 would be more rpg focused there would be more rpg elements in destiny 3 so yeah testing the waters yeah and also, we know that ornaments grow depending on how many pieces of inaugural revelry armor you have equipped. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. And when you complete triumphs and turn in reveler's essence to Eva, you will have a chance to earn a kinetic fusion rifle, the Arbalest, which does extra damage against enemies with shields. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Now, we did mention that the Arbalest was going to be part of the quest line, yet in this paragraph, it kind of 
means that it will be part of completing bounties. So do you think it might require both completing and bounties? Triumphs. And triumphs. There's triumphs, it says, too. Complete quest. triumphs. So, But do you think that quest will reward something else that they haven't really yet talked possible. about? possible. Is that a it's possibility? It's possible, yeah. Yeah, it's possible. There could be, like, some secret awards that they're not willing to give out right now. Yeah, it would be really nice for them to give us a little surprise. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. I like surprises. So, right, good surprises, right? Not the bad kind, like how Anthem surprised players with banning people and never mind that's a whole nother subject we don't need to get into <laughs> oh good luck to you bioware we hope you have um the best of luck with getting your shit together because you guys need all the help that you can get <laughs> oh man okay so what's next <clears throat> bright engrams will have double drops and will include bright engram and the revelry engram so you're going to get the double drops all throughout this event <clears throat> and there's going to be a knockout list to prevent duplicate drops so you're going to have a chance to get uh some of these um different rewards like the golf emote and the uh lupine or the bunny ghost shell the jade rabbit ornament I believe the Jade Rabbit ornament and the Lou Pine Ghost Shell are they're going to be for direct purchase, if I'm not mistaken. Um, <clears throat> there's two sparrows, and there's also a uh, ship, too, as well. So, yeah, having the double drops will give everybody a chance to get all these rewards. And wait, you forgot to mention something. Direct purchase items. That will be coming with the Revelry you will be able to purchase a brand new Jade Rabbit weapon ornament bundled with a really cool ghost shell. Probably for 1,100 yeah. points. If that's, what, if that's what the trend has been uh, leaning towards, yeah, it looks like that might be the case yeah. again. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this revelry event? Are you satisfied with what we're getting with this event coming on April No, I got to play it just to, you know, just like anybody, you got to play it to find out if it's something you're going to like, you know, because I could go in there, start playing it and then totally hate it. But I'm going to I'm optimistic about it. It sounds like it'll be fun. But will it be three weeks of fun? That's remains to be seen. That depends. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. I think that we'll definitely get a whole week's worth of gameplay in this event. Uh, I'm curious to see how they make the Verdant Forest replayable. And that will be pretty interesting to see. And also, I'm curious to see what drops we get from these bosses. I'm hoping that we do get some new weapons as well. Because the trend that Bungie has been going with lately is to create a new event and then give you some new armor, but not really give you any new weapons. So I'm really curious to see if this changes this time around, besides the Arbalest that we're getting, but that's the exotic that we were expected to be getting back when, I want to say, the annual pass came out, or when uh, the Drifter DLC came out. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so. Yeah. So, very cool. So let's talk about the next topic on the podcast, and that is the weekly update by Bungie. The Bungie weekly update, or this week at Bungie, as some may call it. And in this update, we got a reminder about Arc Week that is here now currently. No pun intended. There were also a couple of issues with this update that was released uh, this past Tuesday. One with the wave splitter Zer issue that took place. Apparently some players were able to acquire the wave splitter because it was in the loot pool when Zer was uh, selling the faded uh, the faded ungram. Yeah, or? right before reset. Well, right before the patch went live. People who went in and go saw Zer on Xbox and PC were able to get Wave Splitter. Yeah, and just to uh, give everybody an update on this, it looks like Bungie did state that the update, the uh, gun, will not be usable. You can you were able to acquire it, but it's not something you can equip on your until character. September 2019. It, that was mm-hmm. patched. So it won't be available until September. And it also tells us when this exclusivity will end. It looks like the exclusivity will be over as of this September. So it's a one-year exclusivity instead of a two-year exclusivity. Yeah. And Shadow Price, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. What do you think of this exclusivity? With I'm just so tired of it. I, I, I am so over it. It's just, it divides the player base. It's not good for anybody. Nobody benefits from this at all, like, in my opinion. So, I mean, I wish they would just let people have it, you know? Like, people who were able to get it were able to get it and have it and everything. But, you know, it is what it is. They have a contract with PlayStation uh, to make it exclusive till that time. But I hope we don't hear anything more about exclusivity after September 2019. I'm so sick of it. Um, but I think this exclusivity really needs to go with PlayStation. I think it's a bad thing for consumers. I think it's a bad thing for the industry, honestly. And it's maybe helping the franchise earn some more money in the short term. But I think that there are damaging repercussions to withholding content from players, especially during a time when we haven't had any new strikes in seven months. So the one strike that's unique and different, it's exclusive and only PlayStation players will be able to play it. Yet we all paid the same amount of money for this game. So technically we should have gotten the same equal amount of content. And I think this exclusivity thing is going too far with adding unique strikes and missions and armor and exotics. I think that it's okay if you include a skin or a skin pack that's exclusive to a platform, but they're kind of taking it a little bit too far, especially when Destiny has been so dry on new content. And I really hope that moving forward, this exclusivity isn't kept in the game because it really doesn't help us when consumers look down upon it and look at Epic Games and the exclusivity with that and Borderlands 3. I think a lot of players are up in arms about this 
um, revelation that the game will not be coming to Steam for a six-month period, and it's not a good practice. If you enjoy playing the video game on Steam, you should be able to purchase that game on Steam as well as the other platform. But... Yeah, it's just a launcher. Like, So, I mean, it's like... It's crazy how they get people get so like I just don't understand it. I don't understand what the what the goal is of just putting an exclusive on one thing well, when it's these are just launchers. It, it's not just like the that, launcher. You know? It's, it's like, essentially controlling the market. And if it's exclusive to Epic Games, that's essentially money that's that going too, yeah. into the pockets of Epic Games. And I understand that and I appreciate that, but at the same time, you're taking the choice of which platform you want to play on from the players. And if you're playing on PC, if you're a PC gamer, in in many senses, it does matter which platform you play on because the experience is not the same on every platform. If you ever tried to download a game on the Microsoft Win- or Windows Store, whatever they call it, the Microsoft Store uh, app, place the experience is pretty crappy it takes a long time to download the game in some cases the game will not function properly so you will have to re-download it and your speeds will be much slower at least from my experience on the microsoft platform so that's why i prefer to use steam as opposed to using other platforms like epic but I think that this right. exclusivity agreement, it's not helping our industry in any way. And I think there are other ways for them to maintain some level of exclusivity without having to control the market for a six-month period. It's anti-consumer, and it creates a monopoly in that franchise, if you think about it, for a six-month period, which is not right. Yeah, Bungie is going to have to face this issue uh, in the upcoming months when they eventually are going to have to, you know, the Blizzard launcher, like once Blizzard and, you know, they're already separated from Activision and everything. So um, do you foresee them staying on the Blizzard I launcher, through, you know, till past like September and things like that? The Epic or, exclusivity route, because, well, if they're going to, I mean... Here's the thing: if they're going to go to Epic, Epic or going to or Steam, thing uh, Epic, maybe unless Probably they Epic. go on to Steam and then maybe go on Epic as well, without the extra incentives. Yeah, but they might take that exclusivity if you think about it. They might. Yeah, because Epic is going to pay them extra Bungie for that exclusivity deal, where they would be more willing to accept something like this. Because if you think about, oh it, yeah, that makes this sense. Is a better exclusivity option than having them take away an entire strike an entire exotic and a set of armor from the game only to appease the playstation upper management so, they are in a position to accept offers from yeah, people for absolutely. sure and they are now without a publisher so if they can get more money from the game they probably will take it so i actually could see them taking this Epic Games exclusivity deal and moving to the Epic platform. That's going to create more more cans of worms, well, but the thing. I guess we'll see when that happens. I don't think that's going to happen until Destiny 3 is out because 
they might have an annual pass this upcoming uh, fall with a annual pass 2.0, according to rumors. Nothing confirmed, of course. But if that does happen, then I see them continuing with Battle.net just because logistically it will be near impossible for them to move it to the other platform. And I may be incorrect because I am not a game developer and I do not have knowledge in how these platforms are maintained between Steam and Epic Games and what they're able to do. But I'm sure there would be some challenges with a new annual pass being released. So maybe Destiny 3 might be more of a realistic Epic exclusive. Yeah. But we'll have to wait and see. Mm -hmm. And moving back to the conversation about... Uh, issues with the game I guess during this week's update they did have an issue with reacquired pinnacle weapons and them creating extra cores and that was patched in this re most recent update and also the sentry set of uh, gambit prime armor had a perk glitch which was also fixed yeah, it's nice that they reactivated be able to obtain the pinnacle weapons again now. So now I can go re re try for my delirium and uh, oxygen SR three and others. Yeah. And what was this uh, glitch? Do you want to mention what it actually what happened? Yeah. Yeah. People when they obtained the pinnacle weapons after they already got them, you could go back to the vendor. And they would have them again available for you. You would just pick them up and dismantle them for seven enhancement cores right on the spot. You could keep doing it over and over again. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, I wish so I you could have hundreds, hundreds, up to like hundreds and hundreds and maybe a thousand enhancement cores. Wow. I yep. <laughs> I have a couple hundred, so I'm not like desperate for cores, but at the same time, I could have more because I will be infusing new armor especially getting ready for the next um season with season of the opulence and we'll be getting a new raid during that time as well yeah save those cores yeah, save those cores sure. and of course arc week brings a tower refresh and i'm sorry the revelry week brings tower refresh with it and we will be getting the verdant forest we will be getting the introduction of Reveler's Tonic and reduced cooldowns with that ability. We will also have new rewards that we did talk about earlier in the show, and it will be coming from April 16th until May 7th. So that was the Revelry event that will be coming next Tuesday. And what else is coming? In Bungie July? is going to Guardian Con. Huh. Guardian Con. Bungie will be attending Guardian Con from July 5th and 6th. July 5th and July 6th. And it's going to be in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's a change in venue for them to be moving to Orlando, Florida. And Guardian Con is the ultimate destiny convention. It has raised millions of dollars for charity, and it is the center stage for the community gathering event for Destiny. And 
it's going to be a really fun event this year. It looks like Bungie will be sending an away team from Seattle to Orlando in July. And furthermore, they will be cooking up some fun ideas for what you can get your hands on if you attend the event. And who doesn't like more cool things? I mean, that's awesome. You can learn more at www.guardiancon.co and Bungie will be releasing more information about the event and you can get your tickets now by going to their website again at www.guardiancon.co and tickets do tend to sell out fast don't they shadow price oh yeah oh yeah absolutely and just to give you just a rundown of the prices their day pass there is $50 you can get a weekend pass for $80 there's a premiere pass for 105 and a premiere pass plus for 135 very cool so yeah, so looks like if you are interested in attending Guardian Con, you should get your tickets before they sell out. And it looks like the prices are pretty fair. It looks like the prices went up from past years, but still nothing too crazy. And the event looks like it will be bigger. And Bungie did mention that Bungie developers will be on site to shake your hand and thank you for being a Guardian. Destiny will be playable, and there will be loot. And lastly, they did note they will be working on some fun surprises for the show, and they will talk about it soon during a future update. And Shadow Price, you went to Guardian Con a couple of years ago, didn't you? I did. How was your experience I went like? in 2016. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It was it was a lot of fun. I got to meet some pretty cool people. I met um, people from Guardian Radio. I met people from Fireteam Chat. I met Destin and I met Fran Mirabella, and I met uh, Triple Wreck there when I was there. I saw Fallout plays. I saw Broman. Um, so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. I definitely wouldn't mind going back again. Getting to actually see, oh, yeah, and I met Cosmo too. I got a picture with him. <laughs> so, and you got me a pretty cool autograph. Yes, I remember that. I still yes. have that, and thank you for that. And what was your favorite thing about going to Guardian Con two years ago? Uh, just being there with, with my buds and everything, just experiencing it with a couple friends and everything in real life um one of them met for the first time like picked him up in tennessee and then went on to guardian con from there when it was actually still called destiny con so yeah i remember that yes before the name change and also uh dcp uh came around that time when the name change happened as well yeah very cool it's true so yeah that's pretty awesome and we hope that we get a chance to go this year. Uh, I'll give you guys a little spoiler. We did apply for uh, passes to go there as the Destiny Show podcast. And we hope that we can get you guys an update on this very soon. And we hope that we get a chance to go this year because it would be a lot of fun and it would be a blast. 
to meet all of the awesome developers who make the game that we love to play. So that would be a lot of fun. And yep. we also have some more news during this Bungie Weekly update. The Gauntlet Tabletop Fundraiser will be taking place on May 19th. You will see Bungie compete in a tournament against 20 local gaming studios and tabletop aficionados. It will uh, act as it will it will be a fundraiser for El Centro de la Reza, the Center for People of All Races, which is an organization that works to build unity across racial and economic sectors that empower the most vulnerable and marginalized population. And you can check out this week's Bungie Weekly Update at Bungie.net to learn more how you can support this great cause. And there will be some pretty cool items for you to acquire if you do take part in this fundraiser. Yeah, this looks pretty cool. It's uh, something that Bungie is giving back to the to the community and, you know, to the people who uh, support these causes. Yeah, it's really cool to, to see them continue to support the local communities and to do charity work like they have always done. And speaking of charity work, if you make any purchase on the Bungie store, guess what? They donate to charity. So you can support them and pay a lot of money for shipping in the process. And we're going to talk about a new thing that's available on the Bungie store and what can we buy right now at bungiestore.com. It looks like the Cade 6 Part 1 is available on uh, comic bun- comicsbungie.net portal for all. And here's a summary of the story captured in its pages. And this is Cade 6 Part 1. It sets the stage for a showdown between the notorious hunter Vanguard and the vile scorned barons who eventually orchestrated his demise. This is no eulogy. It is an adventure. It is action. It is a reminder that while a hero may be gone, he will always be remembered through the many stories that carve his legend. And also, yeah, also additionally, there'll be the Destiny Comic Collection Volume 1. It will be available for pre-order on the Bungie Store. And including will be all previous Destiny comics. This will also feature Cade 6 Part 2. And you'll also get an exclusive Cade 6 collectible art print and a bookmark printed with Heroes of Light emblem code for this purchase. That's awesome. And how about those shipping rates? Uh, Hopefully they won't be too atrocious. It's funny. I was on Twitter earlier today and somebody tweeted out and they had like a $20 shipping charge but uh, we'll see wow wait so you can get this emblem though if you order it off the other ones because I think when we ordered the uh, the anthology we got an emblem code and we bought it we got a you know Amazon, Amazon. Yeah, it depends on whether it's bundled with the book and whether the book will be an exclusive item to the bungee store or if it will be available across other retail uh, channels like Amazon and other bookstores. Right. So 
we'll have to wait and see for that. Uh, hopefully it will mm-hmm. be available on Amazon because Amazon is awesome when it comes to shipping and you never have to pay extra crazy shipping charges. But you can also pre-order right now on the Bungie store and you can pick up your Destiny Comic Collection Volume 1. And let's, I guess, finish the episode this week by talking about movies of the week. And we actually have an honorable mention, and we have a little gripe with Bungie this week, don't we, Shadow Price? Yeah, a little bit. Because we think that Log, Power Slave, from the Destiny Down Under podcast, should have won this week's movie of the week. Yeah, I watched the number one and I watched Logs and I definitely think Logs should have won. But it's it's pretty cool what he did, like and him and his buds that created this. Shadow Price, what did they do? They did a parody song of the Offspring's Why Don't You Get a Job in the Destiny theme, basically. And the same the name of the song was called Why Don't You Level Up? And it was hilarious. It was really, really funny. Made me laugh out loud, for sure. Yeah, it was one of the funniest parodies that I've heard in a really long time. And I am so freaking excited about it. I think I listened to it like five or six times. It was so, so funny as shit. So if you guys haven't checked it out, we're going to have that down in the show notes. So you can check it out for yourself. You definitely should. And go support Log. Go check out his podcast, Destiny Down Under. These guys do an incredible job. And they are really, really awesome. You should go check them out. If you like Destiny, if you like podcasts, then um, go check those guys out. I think they're available on all major platforms like Apple and Podbean and a bunch of other places. In fact, I think they have a website. Let me just confirm that before I speak too soon. It was really cool just seeing all the different uh, capture footage that they took for it. All the all the backgrounds and all the funny funny little moments with the emotes and everything it was it was it was really it was yeah oh absolutely so i found it it their website is located at destinydownunder.podbean.com again that's destinydownunder.podbean.com and they also have a twitter account if you like twitter you can follow them at ddu underscore podcast again that's at ddu underscore podcast so check those guys out give them a follow show them some love they're really awesome and they're one of the podcasts that we listen to each week and we love the content they produce and we have a lot of respect for them so go check them out and go check that movie of the week it should have been log winning it but respect to everybody who was featured this week you guys all did a phenomenal job and if you have some time to watch some cool stuff definitely check out this week's this week at bungie so i guess 
that's all the time we have for today, Shadow Price. We did, we need to do one more thing. How many spicy tunery rolls are we given this update? Well, wow. Duh. Can't break tradition, we can't right? Can't break our tradition. And what am I thinking? <laughs> yes, we are going to rate this week's weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls and shadow price. What would you give this week's update between one and five spicy tuna rolls? I give it a four and a half because I like a lot of things that were in there and it was capped off with Log's awesome parody song and it should have won and that's where I why I'm giving it a four and a half. Otherwise I would have gave it a five. You know, I'm going to I'm going to give this update a five, and here's why. Because I think that there was an excellent combination of announcements that made this season of Bungie's um, spring event a lot more meaningful and a lot more special and a lot more awesome. And I really like that. I really appreciate that. I also think that it was really cool for them to announce some really cool charity things that they are supporting, including the Gauntlet Tabletop Fundraiser and, of course, Guardian Con, who are really, really amazing uh, members of this awesome community. And the event that they put on each and every year is absolutely incredible. They raise so much money for charities that really make a difference not only in this country, but across the globe. So we appreciate them for everything they do. And it was really cool to see them get highlighted this week on top of really awesome content creators like Log, who worked so hard on that parody. And he did such a phenomenal job along with all of the other videos this week. This week really stood out for me when it comes to movies of the week and all of the updates and hearing about the Destiny comic collection coming out. So I think they did a really good job. So I'm going to give this update a 5 out of 5. I'm going to change mine to a 5, yeah. Just because this community like was showcased in here. Shoutouts to King Gathalion, Professor Broman, and K-Magic for putting on Guardian Con every year and doing an amazing job. And it's going to be like that again this year, I'm sure. So absolutely. And before we wrap up the show for the evening, I do want to give a shout out to our good friend DMG underscore zero four Dylan, the great community manager at Bungie. Um, there was a hashtag. Made it to the end. Okay, sorry. There was a hashtag uh, that was trending oh. on Twitter. Cut now. Can you hear me now? Okay. Mm -hmm. There was a hashtag trending on Twitter for my, hashtag my first gaming job. And some of the people who retweeted about this were Deej. And I asked the question of um, DMG because he started out as a volunteer for the Bungie forums and that was how he started out as a community manager for Bungie and he actually responded to a question that I posted on Twitter and I really appreciate that and I 
have a lot of respect for him as a community manager and as somebody who's been with the franchise, not only working for the franchise, but being part of the community for such a long time between being a player and also being a member of the Bungie community. And he actually started out in 2004 when he joined the Bungie.net forum as a community member uh, looking for an in-game reward. <laughs> How about that? And then in 2005, he joined clans and he meet, met a lot of people. In 2008, he started to grow his in-person meetups like Guardian Con, which is a great way to meet awesome members of this community. And in 2010, he attended PAX. And we also attended our first PAX not too long ago. We actually went last year. And I think mm -hmm. we had one of the coolest experiences being around the gaming community. And one thing for me personally is I would love to be a bigger part of the gaming community and to help bring games to life. And it's really awesome to see people like DMG being so active on Twitter and for being so cool to answer my question. And I want to give him a shout out and I appreciate everything that you guys all do at Bungie. We do listen. We give you a lot of constructive feedback, I would say, but we also have a great deal of respect and appreciation for everything that you guys do. So thank you so much, guys. And Shadow Price, thank you for being on this awesome journey with me from starting our very first podcast to making our very first trip to PAX East last year and hopefully going to some really cool events this year and this year we'll actually have something really cool to show off and represent and that is the Destiny Show podcast so thank you very much for going on this journey with me and I think this is a perfect way to end the show for the evening yeah yeah man no problem that's i'm happy to yeah, be here absolutely and where can we learn more about you shadow price uh you can follow me on twitter i'm at shadow price 79 and i'm gonna start trying to get my streaming going again um it's uh, in progress but uh, you when i do it's uh at twitch.tv forward slash i am shadow price very cool and you can find the destiny show podcast on all major podcast platforms including apple podcast google podcast spotify stitcher podbean and more you can also check us out on the web at www.destinyshow.com or you can follow us on twitter at the destiny show and you can also follow me personally at OMG Cornholio on Twitter, or you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash I am Cornholio. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I want to especially thank our special guest this evening, Ro Panuganti. Yes, incredible yes, guest, double for me. He was really amazing. I appreciate him being on the show. And we had a really awesome conversation with him. And I want to thank the Destiny community for being so supportive of our podcast. Thank you very much for your follows. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you very much for subscribing. 
We appreciate it. We do not expect you to subscribe. And listening to our podcast is definitely good enough for us. And we're grateful to have the opportunity to be able to talk Destiny with you guys each and every week. And we cannot wait for many more episodes. We have some really cool things lined up in the future that we cannot wait to share more with you. And we'll be talking about it on our Twitter account at The Destiny Show. So thank you very much for tuning in for another week of The Destiny Show podcast. And we will see you next week. Six years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. There's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources.